Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 127. 27. One day I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is... One never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy, howdy do, Who fans. Hope you've had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. Coming up on today's show, we have got some big news to talk through. Sad news. It's a sad day. It is. We've got, we got lots of news, but we've got a bit of everything, haven't we, today? Hmm. Sad news on more than one. Mm. More than one front. Uh, a little bit of merch. And then we're on to our review. It's the 11th Doctor's turn. Yes, Matt Smith. Yes. And uh, those creepy dolls. Drunken old Matt Smith. <laughs> yes. Night terrors. I was just thinking we're going to have to add a new new Doctor into that intro. Uh, I was going to say soon, actually. It won't be that soon, though, will it? But... Yeah, that's strange to think, isn't it? As, as the clips go, eventually our theme tune is just going to be about 10 minutes long before we get into the podcast. <laughs> it, yeah, in a few years' time, it'll be, well, yeah. Yeah. Unless somebody pulls an Eccleston and only does one season. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one season, one series. One series, yeah. God, you haven't said that for a while. Yeah. But yeah, isn't that strange to think we'll be adding a new voice into the, into the mm. intro at some point? Wow. Yeah, in a year as well, I'm assuming in over a year's time mm. unless we hear a very small clip from somebody <laughs> um at the christmas special later this year yeah it will be another year of capaldi yes and then he'll have another voice after his i'm wondering yeah yeah i'm wondering when we'll we'll find out actually will it be will it be far away have they already decided we just don't know what's going on behind the scenes of the bbc do we no. anything could be no. happening nobody ever i does. think they've already got i think they've already got someone mate i'll be honest with you i think that's probably planned this well in advance because chivers was on board a while ago and Mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing so i wouldn't be at all surprised if they haven't already got somebody lined up ready to go of course yeah 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 we'll come on to that stuff in a little while first up mr adam mr gary how have you been old fellow good thanks yeah yeah not too bad i haven't managed to do much who wise this week? Um, not much at all, actually. In fact, uh, just a bit of big finish for me uh, mm. this week. I've been listening to uh, the Starmen, which is uh, one of their monthly range. Is that a Davison um, story? Yes, it's part of this new trilogy um, of Davison stories, but it's with the um, Tegan, Nissa, and Adric Tardis ah, team. Right? Ah, yes. yes. I thought the mention <laughs> of Adric might get a chuckle. Um, that's any, why I bought it because I like that Tardis team. So any good? um yes yeah i've listened to it's a four-parter i've listened to the first three i've just got 
just got the final part to, to go. Um, yes, it is. I wasn't too gripped by it to begin with, I'll be honest with you. Right. The first episode, I thought, oh dear, because I, I don't, I used to subscribe to the monthly range and now I just sort of pick, you know, cherry pick ones that I think sound good. Or for mm. example, I like this TARDIS team, so I thought, right, I'm going to get these three, you know, so um, I sort of cherry pick the ones I want now rather than getting the whole lot. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I was sort of thinking, oh, I hope I haven't wasted my money on this one because it didn't grab me to begin with. But I have to say, um, by episode three, yes, I was thinking, okay, this is good. I'm mm. enjoying this. So, yeah, I just need to to finish it off really so but yeah it's okay uh, i wouldn't say it's it, it, i wouldn't like say yes you must go and get it right. it's not like all of the daleks where i was just like god this is a great <laughs> release you know really good release but it's um yeah it's been, been a good a good listen cool yeah they all sound i mean they do all sound a bit different apart from this i think this sounds similar but um Matthew Waterhouse's voice has obviously <laughs> dropped a little over the years as has peter davison so they yeah. do sound a little bit different but but they've got the sort of They've got the mannerisms and and the sort of um, characters are, are still so identifiable that it does totally work. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that um, you hear quite frequently, if you listen to any of the behind the scenes slash interviews that the tracks mm-hmm. they put on the end of a lot of Big Finish now. Yeah. One of the things that's quite common is for the actors to say that it was really easy to slip back into their characters once everybody was, even if it's just, uh, Doctor and Companion, like I know Sylvester McCoy has said that um, uh, early on with Sophie Eldred. And I imagine yeah. it's the same with these guys. I think once you're in a room and you've had a bit of banter and you've read through and stuff like that and you start getting into it, I imagine it comes back quite easily. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the sort of the whole chemistry is definitely still there. Mm. You, you can pick that up. And I think um, I like the little behind the scenes bits because Peter Davison and Janet Fielding <laughs> are so funny together, aren't they? They really bounce off each other and give themselves, you know, give each other a bit of stick, but all in the, you know, in in a very sort of pally sort of way. So it's it's, it's good to hear those two together. Yeah, I was, um, was going to ask her actually, what's uh, what's Egan like? Is she still yeah, going she's like, mad? <laughs> yeah, she is. I think she she does actually say something at the beginning about getting back to blimmin' Heathrow <laughs> oh, again. Like, oh, she's not still going on about that. So it's obviously set near the, near um you know early on in in her adventures on the TARDIS. But yeah, uh, yeah no, she's still <laughs> yeah she's still going on about broken clocks. <laughs> Let it go, love. Let it go. <laughs> Yeah, why would you want it? You're traveling the universe, but all she wants to do is get back to Heathrow. It's a strange, it yeah. yeah. It's strange. But yeah, so that's all I've really managed to do this week. As I said, I haven't even managed to finish that. So I've still got one episode to go. Still reading the Davidson book, which I'm loving. And uh, and that's it for me this week. Yeah, cool. cool. A bit quiet on the old who front. Mm. What about you? Yeah, um, a little bit quiet. Um, I did manage to sneak in a classic. So um, the other day, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I watched... Uh, was it the weekend? I watched the Damons because Ooh, yeah. I was on a, uh, I was on a third doctor, a uh, bit of a kick after watching the curse of Peladon for our review last episode. Mm, uh, I yeah. was sort of scanning through and I thought, mm, I've, I've, I watched Inferno fairly recently and I've watched a couple of others, but yeah, I haven't seen uh, the Damons not since we actually reviewed it. I think whenever that was last year. Yeah, I was just trying to think. I can't even remember. We did review it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah something like yeah. that. So that was great to watch that. That's a really, I love that story. It is good, isn't it? I like it a lot. I always hope yeah. that one day me and you'll get to go to the Blue Ball Pub together. We will. It is, we will. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We'll do that at some point. It's a great place to go. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hasn't changed at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. So, and if you want some, if you want to see that, check out Adam's. He's got that 
location video on the Geek's Handbag, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. a video almost oh, a while back now, but it's still it's still on the page. Yeah, um, just have a look in my location folder or whatever it is on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's it is a great place to go. Mm. I just I know we'd love it. And they've what I love is the locals have really embraced it. <laughs> so there's like bins that are in the shape of the TARDIS by the by the a different <laughs> pub, not the Blue Ball. And there's a Dalek bin and stuff, and they, it's just really cool. But the actual village and all the green and the church and everything just looks exactly the same um That's and cool. it's just yeah. like it's so cool when you just walk onto that green and stare mm-hmm. at the church it's like oh my god yeah it's it's great i'd love yeah we'll definitely go I'd love to go back yes yeah. we will yeah uh, other than that not much really a little bit of big oh i kicked off um the torchwood stuff yesterday so i oh right so a, a few weeks ago i picked up or just before christmas i picked up the first torchwood one the john barrowman uh the conspiracy yeah right okay and that is awesome i saw your picture of it actually yeah so it's really good is it it's really good i i'm not sure how many how many of our listeners or or, or big finnish fans have listened to it and are a fan of it or not but it's kind of done in a different style to oh. your average sort of big finish it's not like you're it's not like you're following characters through a story it's basically captain jack is kind of reporting to you as the listener as to what's going on in the story so he he it's hard to explain but he's uh he's kind of giving you like the lowdown on the story and then it sort of cuts to him uh so he's like narrating the story that's the best way to to put it yeah and it's sort of it's that cut with obviously the the normal uh story elements that you have with, with with any big finish uh but it's really really good the way that they've done it so you're at first i thought is it one of those sort of adaptations is it John Barrowman reading something else? But very quickly you realise, no, it's actually him, you know, giving you what's going, giving you the lowdown, telling you what's going on. And then it cuts to, you know, that segment as a story that he's just spoken about. And then it's him again saying, I, I, it's just, it's really good. Cause that, because of that, I found it really interesting. I couldn't stop listening. I listened to the whole mm. thing. Uh, it's not very long, but um, I just listened to the whole thing all the way through. And yeah, it's just a, it's a really interesting, really good listen. So, um, uh, I think the next one in the series stars, um, who was his co-star in Tortured? I always forget this guy's name as. What, uh, which character? Um, <clears throat> I can't remember his character's name. I can never remember. Yanto? Yanto. Yanto Williams. All right, yeah. Yanto, Yanto, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he stars in the second one and then I think. What's her face is in the third one. Yes, I know you mean, and I don't know her name either. Yvonne, um, uh, the the one that was only in one or two episodes, they got her back. Is that what you mean? No. Or do you mean what's her name? Miles. Uh, Sophia Miles. No, no, that's uh, Madame de Pompier. As always, we're brilliant with names. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I did be terrible. I was thinking of fast forwarding loads and getting the box set that they brought out in November. I think it was called Breakout. Oh yes, but I thought no, I, you know, I want to get the, you know, the early ones, so that I can sort of build up because I don't want them to reference things, and I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, oh, what's that scratching my head? So yeah, and then I picked up the uh, episode one in the Tom Baker series, so the Beast of Cravenos, oh, right. and I've listened to the first part of that, and I tell you what, Tom Baker with mm. the Jago and Lightfoot guys, it's such just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It really, it you know, like um, when we've seen them on screen with in Talons, there's such great chemistry between those two anyway. And then yeah. when the Doctor's involved, it's quite funny, and you know, it's 
it's literally like they were just transported from back <laughs> wherever it was in the 60s, what was it, the 70s, 70s. Early, early 70s, um, you know, through to 2017, like nothing's happened in between. It's literally like they stepped off the set of Talons, walked into Big Finish and started recording. It's just really good. Yeah, I need to get that one as well. I really want to get the Tortured ones. I really do want to get those. I've only got one, actually, which is the... I bought the Tortured archive that they did, and I only listened to it um, about two weeks ago, actually. Okay. It sounds yeah. very similar in style to what you've just been saying, actually, because it threw me a bit. It's a two-disc set. Right. It threw me a bit because it goes a bit back and forth. So f- for a while, I was wondering what's going on, but it does make sense towards the end but that's a bit like narration and then action and stuff and it was very well produced actually and it did you know definitely made me think right i've got to go back and get the other tortured releases yeah i hear they're very good so uh, just got to get the old dosh just got to get some dosh got to get the old uh the old dosh <laughs> mate but that yeah. was me yeah so fairly light but i did manage to get in a some some good stories there from the classic years and big finish so thank goodness we've got big finish to keep us going at the minute hey i know right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank the Lord. Gets me through the ironing. <laughs> a BF. Yes, yeah, it gets me through a work day some days. Yeah. Uh, right, that's us. We're going to crack on with some news, so mm. shall we land a TARDIS? Yeah. First up, we have some really, really sad news, actually, because although this was kind of semi-expected, it still hits you a little bit like a punch in the face. But uh, Mm. yeah, so Sir John Hurts, uh, as Who fans, we all would have known him as the War Doctor, um, has sadly passed away Uh, in, uh, uh, I think it was just last week, was this? Yes. Uh, it was last week um, at the age of 77. And uh, yeah, so we would know him as the War Doctor, but he's had a really, really, really long, successful career in tons and tons of films. Um, uh, I think the first time I ever saw John Hurt was when I was a wee, a wee lad watching um, the first Alien film when I wasn't supposed to be watching it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> he was the character um, that he was like the, the very first famous chest busting scene that's right yeah and uh, which scared the crap out of me when i was about i don't know six seven years old i shouldn't have been watching it mum didn't know i was watching mm. it but um so that was the first time i saw him and then he's i've seen him in like some other bits over the years as well um i think the uh the elephant man was a cracking yes uh, performance from him um loads of other things um and i think uh i think he has picked up some big awards in the past as well i'm pretty oh, sure yeah. he's won an oscar for something um, he won a BAFTA for play, playing um, Quentin Crisp in The Naked Civil Servant. Oh, yeah, a BAFTA, that was right. Yeah, he was yeah. nominated for an Oscar. Um, I can't remember what for, but I know that he um, uh, he lost out. Oh, it was um, uh, he won a Golden Globe um, yes. and two and a couple of BAFTAs. So, really long career, really successful. And, mm. uh, you know, like I said, as Who fans, um, we would have known him as the, as the very awesome War Doctor. Mm. and uh, like I said earlier this was kind of expected but not because I think a couple of years ago he was he was diagnosed with with cancer wasn't he um yeah pancreatic uh, cancer 
And uh, I think, if memory serves, he was actually still working regularly through his yes. therapy and so on. I think he w- he did the big finish box set while he was in chemo. I think he did, yeah, because yeah. they're, 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 they're the four box sets all recorded, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, so that's inc- it's incredibly sad because although although it was almost a sort of an isolated story for him as the war doctor um, on who to, you know, the whole 50th anniversary. Um, it, the, the, the big finish side of things, I think there could have been a bit more there. I think we could have had a, a few more war doctor stories there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and he could have interacted with any sort of, you know, uh, with other doctors as mm. well as the releases go on. Now they've got the new series range, but, um, he is wonderful on the audios. He, because he clearly relishes that part, you know, I think, um, you know, on the making of the day of the doctor, you know, he mm-hmm. says, you know, how you, you can just see that he loved that part that he was given yeah. the war doctor. And he really, you know, puts his, uh, puts himself into it. And I'll tell you on the audios, they're very good. They are very, very good. And you can hear that he's, he's enjoying being in it. Um, yeah. you know, they're well worth a listen. The first time I, I ever saw John Hurt, um, well, I didn't really see him. He was under a mask was in the elephant man, mm-hmm. which I watched as a kid. Again, I don't, I don't know. I think it's only a PG actually, but it was still quite an adult film, but I do very clearly remember seeing that when I was very young. Um, and it's a film I've absolutely always loved. It's a great <clears> film. I, yeah. Excuse me. I can't watch it without crying because mm-hmm. it's such a sad film, sort of loosely based on a true story. Um, and uh, I mean, you don't really get to see John Hurt because he's under so much um, yeah. Yeah. prosthetics and, and all that. So, you know, I don't think I even realized it was him um, for many years later, but it's still a film that I absolutely love. It's a, a genuine classic. And um, and also The Naked Civil Servant is a, you know, is a fantastic drama and quite important um uh, you know, hmm. quite important that that was made. For, so, because uh, you know, obviously based on the character Quentin Crisp, and if you've if you've <laughs> never heard of Quentin Crisp, Google him. He was quite a um, uh, one-off, shall we say? And, uh, and and John Hurt played him brilliantly in that. Hence the fact he won a BAFTA. Um, and it's interesting because Quentin Crisp was so over the top that they put a, a clip at the beginning of it of the real person, so that you knew that. John Hurt wasn't going over the top in his performance, I think, because I think if they, hadn't, if they hadn't showed you the real person, you might have thought, surely he didn't talk like that. Surely he didn't do that. And then but when you see the real person, you're like, <laughs> yeah, John Hurt's spot on. <laughs> He's really yeah. got him down. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great drama. Well, really worth seeing. Some good, you know, it's um, it's got some good uh, statements of the time and the era uh, yes. that that's, that's set in as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously the war doctor, he was wonderful in day of the doctor. I think I know a lot of us would have loved to have seen McGann in it. And of course, a lot of people often say, Oh, given the choice, would I have had McGann or, or John Hurt? But the fact is they created this character, the war doctor and, and he played it brilliantly and he did the humor and interaction between him and the other doctors in that was, was fantastic as well. So yeah, considering yeah. he just went straight in there playing this character, um, he just slotted in, you know, brilliantly, I thought. Hmm. So it's very sad. He's got a very distinctive voice as well, which is even yes. more apparent on the yes. big finish stuff. Yeah. You know, it's really, really, um, it's really great. So it is, it's sad, but in another, in, you know, in another way, it's, um, it, it's a chance to celebrate his, his long career, really. He's had so many wonderful roles, and um, I think a lot of Harry Potter fans were gutted as well because he was the uh, Mr. Ollivander as well. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. you know, he, this is the yeah. thing. He's done so many mm. films that actually there are so many you forget as well that he's in, and uh, yeah. Yeah, because I remember I, my wife told me about his passing away before I knew, and 
the, the way she told me was Mr. Ollivander has died. Yeah, so I wouldn't have been, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh no, surely not. But uh, yes, so unfortunately, uh, Mr. Sir John Hurt uh, leaves us this year. Um, but absolutely not forgotten as the war doctor. No, never will be. 77 as well he was. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, in other news, uh, big finish. We were talking about them earlier. Um, they have won the BBC Radio Drama Awards. Napped it. Well, well done, guys. We were talking about the nominations a couple of podcasts back. Um, um, and obviously, Big Finish were part of that. They won it for the uh, story Absent Friends, which is part of Doom Coalition 3 that was oh, released right. um, yeah. last year. Uh, yeah, the Doom Coalition sets are, are quite good, actually. A little bit hit and miss in places, but generally very good. So, well done to Big Finish. Um, well deserved. I mean, those guys, <laughs> their output is incredible. I don't know how they find the time and to, to do it. And they're, and they're generally very, very good quality. So, it's, it's well deserved, I think. Absolutely. We've said that so many times, you know. It, yeah. It's, a, it's incredible to how they find the time to be consistent. I mean, it's not just they put out the odd good one. And it's in a sea no, of mediocre. Right, no. It's not that at all. It's um, it's always consistently very high quality, and the story. It's mainly the writing, really, because I think you could, mm. you sometimes. It doesn't matter what medium, whether it's TV or film or audio, you can sort of paint over the cracks sometimes with like amazing effects or production value and all that. But you know, it's um at the heart of anything really. It boils down to the story and the characters and the writing. And one thing that Big Finish are so good at is taking the characters that we've known from TV, Doctor Who, and really giving them a uh, just a, an, another whole world almost that you would never dream of. You know, So once you've finished, mm-hmm. say if you did a marathon of, of, uh, of Tom Baker or Sylvester McCoy or even Colin Baker, you've done a TV marathon and you think, wow, that's, uh, they've covered a lot there. That's not that's nothing compared to some of the stuff you know that Big Finish have delved into. No, you know, so they've managed to take all of that history and that whole, the whole thing of who, and made the TV look like the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's it is amazing. So, you know, huge thumbs up and huge applause, really, for well deserved. Yes, well deserved, the guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news. Only something small, so we'll get through it quick. <laughs> um, yes i'm sure all of you will know by now because uh whenever something like this happens it always breaks the internet so i'm sure that everyone has seen it but um yes mr capaldi our 12th doctor has decided to step down and mm. leave the role at the end of this year now that's huge news yes and out of the blue to be honest with you, I was going to say it was very. Yeah, I saw a uh, saw it on Twitter. Was where I heard. I, um, I was sat on the sofa, Twitter, about ten o'clock, and uh, and I saw official the official BBC Doctor Who Twitter feed saying breaking news. I was like, my what? No way! Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't believe it. So he did actually announce it on a on the radio, didn't he? Radio that's two. where that's yeah. where the where he broke the news. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't hear it on there, but obviously as soon as he did it spread like wildfire. It was like, like you said, the internet literally exploded, didn't it? Yeah, it's nuts. And uh, the reason why it's out of the blue is because for the last couple of years, the, the, the official Doctor Who Twitter account have done this really annoying thing mm. where at sort of 10 o'clock in the morning, they'll say, tune in this evening for a big announcement, big news. And that breaks the internet. 
And then everybody gets worked up into a frenzy. And then sort of 8 p.m., people start going nuts. Like, where's the news then? What's going on? Yeah. And they're like, it's coming, it's coming. And then 11 p.m., 11.30 p.m., they'll say something like, character have repaired somebody's sonic screwdriver in uh, Watford. <laughs> and everyone's like, right, okay. So I'm, it, it comes out the blue in that respect because <laughs> yeah. you would have thought that they would have done something like big Doctor Who news coming up later today. Mm. Blah, 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 blah. And then they would have broke it. But no, just literally silently in stealth mode. Just one little tweet. Capaldi's leaving and that was it. Yeah. Um, but I do have the clip. I've edited it down a little bit. Um, you have to bear with. It's about three and a half, four minutes long. So we're going to shut up for a minute. And uh, anyone that doesn't reach for the tissues in the last 15 seconds, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so uh, here's the clip of Capaldi announcing to the world on the radio. I suppose the, 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 the big thing about it for me is that it'll be my last. Uh, so that's... It'll be your last. Yes. You uh, bow out after this series. I will. Yes. Oh, really? This will be the end for me. Wow. How do you feel uh, about that? Um, I feel sad. Um, I love Doctor Who. Uh, it's a fantastic program to work on, and it's uh, been a huge pleasure to work with a family. Mm. Really, I mean, I can't. As I say, I can't praise the people I've worked with more highly. But I've always been somebody that did a lot of different things. Uh, I've never done one job for three years this is the first time I've done this uh, and, and and I feel it's sort of time for me to move on to different challenges um, so you, okay so you still have to film your regeneration <laughs> oh, so the geek is coming up now. so you, have you filmed your regeneration who do you no I've gone to work tonight how can I I'm still there oh I'm still gosh. Doctor Who for a long this time this is such a big deal Peter how do you feel about it God passing it on to somebody else I feel um, wow. sad you know, yeah. it's sad, but rather wonderful. What a privilege to have done this. You know, it's an extraordinary position to be in. It's, uh, uh, but like everything, you have, to, you have to be aware of when it's time mm. to, to move on. And did you know, when did you know, had you signed up for this for a certain amount of time or when did you make the decision to leave? Um, well, they'd asked me to stay on. Uh, so you were going to leave before? No, you, you, uh, my contract mm. was running out. Uh, uh, but then they asked me to stay. And uh, I just thought, you know, I love this, but I don't know how long I can do it and give it my best. And if I'm not giving it its, uh, my best, I don't want to do it. So, so you know, it's... Um, uh, I want to, to, to move on to other challenges, but there will never be anything that's been more special to me. Um, so you've just announced that you will be leaving Doctor Who. Yeah. And uh, when will be the final time that we see you? Um, I think... <laughs> Christmas 2017. Right, just that'll be told. the episode. <laughs> yes. So it'll be... Right, so we have a year. I'm still Doctor Who. I'm of still Doctor I've got a lot to do. And there's a lot of... Uh, we're doing epic stuff. Oh, and there's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, so uh, it's... Um, Ooh, I'm not done yet. It's going to be an emotional Christmas day. Good grief, there are going to be hearts broken all over the place. Oh, yes. That's going to be tough. Yes, but what fun. That's the great thing about Doctor Who. It renews, you know, it comes back. There'll be a wonderful, there'll be a new 
doctor and a new uh, uh, children and a new mm. version of the show. And that's wonderful. Of course. And as you said, what a privilege to have had this incredible part in people's lives. I mean, it's just astonishing. And you can't... Um, you, I tell you, you know, if you... It, you it, sometimes I walk into a room uh, and people gasp. Children gasp. And it's not because of me. I know that. It's because Doctor Who just walked in. That's an incredibly wonderful place to be, mm. to be on the other side of that. Um, and also, I think uh, people probably don't know about the BBC, uh, the kindness that the BBC has shown to so many people, not just me. There you go, mate. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't heard that. That's quite, that is, that's really, really interesting. He's talking to Joe Wiley there, isn't he? That's right. Yeah. BBC Radio 2. Yeah. No, he's such a, he's such an honest man as well, isn't he? He is. Apparently. Like he's yeah. just so genuine in what he says. Um, yeah, it's incredible. Um, it is sad. I mean, I think we, you know, we're not sort of surprised. We all felt when the new showrunner come in that there was this big possibility that he would leave alongside the Moffat. So in some ways it's not shocking, but in other ways it is because it's like, oh, it's confirmed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's official. He is going to go. And like you said, Christmas as well. So when you're almost now thinking, so you sort of know that you're going to have to save a series 10 and the special thing, right, this is it then. We've got a year of Capaldi and that's it. So yeah. it's um, interesting. It is. It's because you, you and I have, have talked maybe about the last six months, I would say now. Mm. on the show about is Capaldi going to stay when Chibnall takes over? Is he going to go with the moth? And then we've said, well, it'd be cool because, you know, we're pretty, let's not beat around the bush. The moth, the moth hasn't done, I would say he hasn't brought out the best in who in recent years, you know, especially the last, um, the last few years. I, I would say he hasn't brought the best out in Capaldi. Yeah, and I think Capaldi yeah. is, well, I always feel there's this untapped potential as Capaldi as the doctor that we've just, we've seen glimmers of it, but yes. I, I, he's never quite reached the heights that I do know is in there. And yeah. I, and I put that down to the moth um, more than Capaldi because of the writing and because of the way, you know, the doctor was, was inconsistently written, especially in series nine. Hmm. So Capaldi is a great doctor, but yeah, I, I have got to say, I do feel we'll see. Let's hope series 10. We, you know, like you said, Peter knows it's his last series. Let's, let's see how, how he goes out. Yeah. And that's, I think that's on the minds of a lot of who fans at the moment mm. is, I think we all share a common view that he is capable as the doctor of a lot more. It's yes. just that he hasn't been... I mean, there have been like some really good stories since Capaldi's been on. Some really good stories. And like you say, we've seen glimpses of that. And for the most part, Capaldi has been flawless, really. Yeah, it, I mean, it, I've always liked him as the Doctor. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's really just a case of, you know, and I hate to say it, it's just the moths sort of interfering little hands, you mm. know, getting all over the scripts and taking the focus away and making things about Clara too much and... Yeah. You know, we're not pushing the show in maybe a direction we want it to go in. But, um, I th and I think it would have been interesting for Capaldi to stay on with Chibnall because there is, there's all, I think everyone will always say, what if, you know, what if Capaldi had have done a, a series with Chibnall? 
Yeah, you know, it, I think a lot have, of people yeah, feel that. Yeah. You know, they probably say it, it, it could have mm. been amazing. Chibnall could have brought out, you know, some fantastic stories for, for Capaldi. But mm. alas, you know, that's the nature of, of what... And I, I was saying this on... Um, on Twitter and Facebook the other day, uh, yesterday, that by the time that Capaldi does leave at the Christmas special this year, he would have done three series of Doctor Who, mm. and what was it four, five Christmas specials over the turn of what four years now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not that bad going, really. If you think about some of the other actors who have played Who, that seems to be a roughly that time, doesn't it? Three or four years. Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. Tom Baker it's stayed on forever, and um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and Eccleston only did the one. So you know, it you've got sort of swings and roundabouts. But I think on average, you know, three or four series or three series and a, I mean, Tennant did what three series and a bunch of specials. Yeah, yeah. So it it's does, not bad. I mean, and there no. has been some good stuff in there. I mean, we talk. I know you know we talk a lot about how um, the Moffat, you know, it's perhaps let him down in the sense of the writing, but you know, there has been some good stuff in there where Capaldi has absolutely shown what an amazing doctor he was. I mean, I always go back to mummy on the Orient express. You go and watch that episode with, he's phenomenal. He's embraced the role. He's got the look, he's, you know, just everything about the episode in terms of his performance and the way he's written is fantastic. Obviously it was written by Jamie Matheson, not, not the Moffat, but, but, um, the Zygon episode, you know, the speech at the end, there's, there's been some great stuff. Um, heaven sent the, you know, the, Mm-hmm. a Capaldi standalone episode. He's had some really good stuff, but unfortunately he's also had some stuff that's been the absolute other end of the scale, which has been absolute drivel, like yeah. in the forest of the night and, uh, and um, what's the Sandman one sleep no more and stuff like that, oh, which is crikey. really, yeah. really, you know, you just think, Oh, if you could just replace those episodes, they're not even mediocre. They're dreadful, mm. you know, but, but as I said, on the other end of the scale, he's had some absolute gems, in his era. So at least he's, he will be remembered for that being, you know, a fantastic mm. doctor in those episodes. And even in the poor ones, he's still, it's a bit like a Hartnell episode, isn't it? Where if you get a Hartnell episode and it's really boring or, 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 or not particularly good story, Hartnell, the, the screen lights up when Hartnell's on the screen in those stories. And I always feel yeah. that with Capaldi, mm. even if you've got a really sort of, uh, half-baked episode he's always really enjoyable and watchable in it i can't think of any episode where i've thought god capaldi wasn't very good in that story you know even if it's not a good story he's consistently good in it i think yeah yeah. you know Uh, yeah and like you say some cracking ones i mean the zygon two-parter was yeah amazing and he was amazing in it as well it's just unfortunate you know and we could talk about this for ages the Mm. You know, well, people but, might think. Well, people might think. Why well, am I saying he was written inconsistently and, and and always good in episode? I mean, but for example, in the Magician's Apprentice um, and whatever the second part was called, which is familiar. Yeah. You know, I didn't particularly like the way the Doctor was written because he was joking around a lot. It seemed to be bumbling around a lot. But I still thought Capaldi was awesome in it. I still thought he was giving a really great performance, mm. and I enjoyed watching him. But it, yeah, but you know, it was also quite frustrating to see him given lines that I thought were more suited to Matt Smith. But you know, so although he's been inconsistently written, I still think he's always grabbed whatever's on the page, and 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 done something with it. You know. Yeah, and that follows on really from most, if not all, of the Doctors previously. I mean, Matt Smith yeah. was if the it was prime wasn't, example. Yeah, I mean, we've <laughs> I, I can't imagine 
if it wasn't for Matt Smith, some of the stories, if it wasn't for him, you know, carrying it, we would have been in big trouble. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and that's, uh, and unfortunately, I know we keep saying it, but that is down to the moth. Because if you look at David Tennant's era, and for the most part, Eccleston's, uh, the, the, the majority of them were good stories. You know, you had the odd clanger, which you'd expect yeah. from any series of Doctor Who. But you, there wasn't those episodes where you think, wow, David Tennant has really had to carry this because all the other cast are dreadful and the story is dreadful. You know, we had half-baked, like you say, and mediocre stories. But for Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, they deserve, you know, massive props for that because, the, you know, the moth has thrown everything at them. He's, yeah. thro- he's thrown literally <laughs> the kitchen sink of Doctor Who history at those guys. And uh, and they've had to, to, to go with it. You know, they, they work magic, don't they? Yeah. So, um, uh, so massive props to, uh, for Peter for that. Um, however, I'm not really, although on one hand, I'm quite sad that Capaldi's leaving. On the other hand, I, I do feel it is time for a, for a change up. I do feel that by the time 2018 rolls around and we get a new series and a new version of Who with Chibnall as showrunner and whoever they, they've cast now as the new Doctor, I think it's about time because, and, and that's not Capaldi's fault, that's the Moss no. fault, but uh, I do think it's, it will be a good time next year. Yeah, I think it is. It's sad to Capaldi's going, but it's it it does make it more exciting to hmm. think we've got this f- brand new start uh, in 2018. And I think what hasn't helped is having this year with no Doctor Who as well, because that's a whole year gone with nothing. So now we get this year with Capaldi, and like you said, by by 2018, yeah, we probably will be ready for something mm-hmm. fresh and new. Um, so very sad to see him leaving, but yeah, it is also. Very exciting to think, um, you know, that uh, next year we've got something totally d- new coming to the screens. I, mm. I would just just quickly go back to what we we're saying before, you know, about how us as fans, you know, we we, we can be very critical because we love the show. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's just love for the show. Right. And Capaldi's a fan. And uh, and he's what I love about Capaldi is he's so honest in interviews like if he didn't like something he will say it even with the moffat sat right next to him so like mm-hmm. in that interview recently of saying how he thought the idea of him riding in on a tank playing a guitar in sonic shades was dreadful he actually said that didn't he so he said i thought it was a terrible idea and i told yeah. him mm-hmm. you know and I, that's what i love about Capaldi. he wasn't he wasn't afraid to say this is dreadful yeah you know um but he said you know but then people liked it so what do i know but <laughs> but i would love i don't know if he'll ever do it but i'd love to hear or i'd love for capaldi to write his memoirs one day because he he's a fan himself yes so he was yeah. probably just like we would be if we got the if we got the job of being the doctor you know can you imagine being a fan you're cast as the doctor that's what's happened to him you would look at it and think well that's not how i would do it that's not what i had in mind mm. you know i would just love to hear peter's thoughts on his era of the show because I would imagine there's bits of it he he's obviously absolutely loved but as a fan yeah, you know there yeah. will have been bits where he thought oh dear tut 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 yeah. no 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 you know like the tank scene and all that sort of stuff and I don't know if he'll ever do it but it'd be fascinating to hear it his yeah. honest views on on his era of the show coming from a you know a fan's point of view as well so yeah. whether we'll ever get that I don't know but I, but I love the fact yeah. he's so honest about it in interviews he's not afraid to say yeah I didn't think that was good you know but I really liked this and yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to hear him say about them asking him to stay on because one of the things that's been rife across mm. the internet um 
and the newspapers and so on is this thing where he he has been sacked essentially yeah you know he has been told to leave because the ratings are so poor and so on um but it's interesting to hear him say and like you say he's a very honest person mm. to hear him say well he was asked to stay because you know his contract was up and he was asked to renew that and mm. stay on for i'm assuming at least one more series and yeah. he and he said no he feels it's the time to to step away I'm so glad you had the radio clip as well, because when the news first broke, um, obviously I hadn't, hadn't heard the audio. So I was only seeing what was, you know, um, in print on paper, you know, on, on the on the Internet. So one of the things I read and immediately picked up was that he said was quoted as saying, I've been told I'm leaving in, you know, in the Christmas special. And that just, um, you know, when you're sort of this is breaking news, that rang alarm bells. I was like, been told. Yeah, that sounds like he's been, you know, given the the shove yeah but when you hear the way he says it on the audio you know that's quite clearly not the case is it i think that you know they've probably reached a mutual agreement he's been offered to be said he was offered the chance to carry on he's decided it's the time to leave so i mean it was just great to actually hear him say that on the audio because you know taking out of context that to me and i and i tweeted it saying you know what what does he mean he's been told you know that's this sounds bad you know Mm -hmm. um but to hear hear him actually say it in context makes a lot more sense and i'm glad it was it's very sad to hear him getting so emotional at the end you know but it's it's good to know that he he does feel loved by the bbc because as we see on the newspapers today when we were recording this, he's taking a lot of the brunt on his shoulders um, this morning. Like, the, the, you know, some of the tabloids over here, have, you know, on the front page have got like exterminated, Capaldi blamed for rating slump and all this sort of stuff. So he's, he's him and the Moffat are getting a lot of flack at the minute. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and um, it's just good to hear that radio clip just to sort of actually wipe away all that nonsense and just get to the heart of what's actually really been said what's really been going on yeah and that's the thing with certain tabloids uh, coming back to that um oh crikey if anyone who's not in the uk uh, we have a newspaper here called the sun (laughs) and i tell you i cannot conceive of a person who reads the sun and would actually take anything written in that newspaper as factual or um sensible opinion it's complete it's just a rag that just deserves to be you know burnt you know to the ground and it's just terrible anyway on the front page uh they've got like you said they've got the huge they've got capaldi and the tardis right up by the logo where it says the sun and then it says doctor who crisis a crisis yeah yeah did bbc force out capaldi after rating slump and then it's got the big exterminated logo and then when you sort of flick through you get to the sort of two-thirds spread uh it says uh, as capaldi quits and ratings plunge we ask doctor who done it and it's essentially uh <laughs> doctor who done it this it, is so typical of them it is yeah and it's just it's just for the sake of the story you know it's yeah. just a big finger pointing exercise and mm-hmm. they've lined up you know as a as a bunch of mugshots, all the people who they think are responsible so they've said the moffat's plots are too complex uh uh, Gatus's two scripts have been panned. Uh, <laughs> uh, all the fans, uh, they loathed the new baddies. Uh, Capaldi is too old to play the Doctor at 58. Uh, there's no chemistry with Jenna. And uh, the 8pm X Factor slot is too late for the kids. 
Yeah, the one that really gets me there is the age thing. I know, it's ridiculous. Just because of Hartnell. Hartnell was the doctor. He was the first doctor, and he was he was older than Compelde, right? Or as old, or, you know, the doctor is an old person inside. He's like a thousand years old. So the age thing always drives me nuts. It does. When they come out. Yeah. It's nonsense. Yeah, yeah I remember. It has when, no relevance. Yeah, I remember when Matt Smith was uh, was cast. Not I wasn't watching Doctor Who regularly then, but I remember reading about it. And saying yeah. that uh, he was way too young, yeah, because they thought that David Tennant was young enough <laughs> to be the Doctor, <laughs> and now they've cast somebody even younger. It's ridiculous, and the show will again is in crisis and will fail, and blah blah blah. But uh, mm. yes, it's um, anybody that's gone out and read any of the papers and stuff like that, just ignore the the lot of it. It's just no, but especially the Sun, they have no facts here to go on. The only mm. thing that they can go on. Is the is the ratings which they've mapped out since two thousand and seven? So that's something. Unfortunately, we can't get away from that's that's a fact. So they're saying that two thousand and five to twenty ten, the Eccleston and mostly the tenant years, uh, we had an average viewership of six and a half mil, and then when we get on to Matt Smith twenty ten to twenty thirteen, it dropped down to five point eight, and then Capaldi from thirteen to this year. It's been an average of 4.5. So, yes, we all know that the ratings are not as strong as they used to be. Mm. Uh, however, that's in no way an excuse um, to point the finger at Capaldi for being too old, you know, or or anything. If I would say that the two, and I'm we're gonna I'm gonna rant a little bit here, but I would say that the two main reasons why is a the moth just went crazy with the storylines. Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone who hadn't seen Doctor Who before watched a handful of the Matt Smith episodes and a handful of Capaldi episodes, they'd probably think, I haven't got the first clue about what is going on. Mm. Who is, or what is this? I just, I don't know where to start. I have no yeah. clue, you know? So he went nuts. And the second thing is, like always, the show is treated as just a naughty little kid by the execs at the BBC, like it always has done. So they messed around with the broadcast times. Yeah. yeah. And then they wonder why. That's the thing that's annoying, is that the BBC execs will mess around with the show and they'll put a a series break in. Remember the series break for Matt Smith's? Oh, yeah. When they broke it into series series seven. Seven, was it? Yeah. And then they start putting it on later and later, and then they miss out a week, and then they put it on earlier. So nobody knows what time it's supposed to be on regularly, anything like that. They do all that stuff, and then they start asking questions further down the line about why it's not working. Yeah. You know, it's their fault. So I, I think that publicly facing, the BBC like to sort of wave their proud flag that, yes, you know, Doctor Who is still British and made by the BBC and you know we're very proud to have it and blah blah blah. but I think behind the scenes they just view it as a bit of a money machine and it's just it's just a a sci-fi a silly sci-fi show I think that's how they still view it and until somebody at the top at the Beeb actually appreciates the show properly to give it the respect and to give it the proper broadcast time on a regular basis because it always gets bumped Oh, it drives me mad, yeah. Yeah, it, you never know when it's on. Yeah, even now they're talking about because the um, Series 10 starts on the 15th of April, Saturday yeah. the 15th. And even now they're saying that because of Eurovision, it's probably not going to go out one week. 
or it's going to get bumped to like really late in the evening or something like that. So either, you know, it's, it's always a show that gets moved or bumped or whatever because of something else. I mean, who the hell oh. wants to watch bloody Eurovision? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who the hell wants to, you know, stick that on as a repeat the next morning? Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't get the light. I mean, there's one thing that drives me mad is the, is the jumping around the time slot. And also, they did start putting on really, really late, didn't they? Yeah, um, not as yeah. late as class, but but uh, <laughs> but late. Uh, and they put put it up against the X Factor or whatever. And yeah, they did kind of just shove it away in a corner like that would do. Um, so I totally agree with you about that. Talking of the start date, actually, yeah, fifteenth of April, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely gutted. That's the one weekend of the year when I'm not in the country. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, no. I was. I, my, I was so upset when they said I was like, no, it's Easter weekend, isn't it? I'm going, I'm going away, going oh, to Lyon. I'm mate. gutted. So, yeah, I'll be in France. I don't know if I'll be able to get the iPlayer in France. I doubt it. Um, oh, buddy, I can just imagine trying to watch it constantly buffering. You know, I'll be. It's going to be going. So I'm going to have to avoid all all social media for about four days until I get back to watch it. But I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely distraught. I think that would be the first time I've ever missed the first episode of a new series normally i lock all the doors batten down the hat- hatches i have a nice bottle of wine and i sit there no one's allowed to talk very often actually i, I watch on my own you know have to be there for the first episode to yeah. sink it all in but no i won't be able to this year so pretty gutted about that yeah but um just going back to what you were saying yeah there's lots of reasons for, there's lots of reasons for the ratings decline over the years and um but one thing that i think we would both agree on is None of that is down to Peter Capaldi. Not at all. It's nope. None of it. So, you know, he he's he has and is a fantastic doctor. Absolutely. So none of that's yeah. down to him. And uh, now that uh, he has decided to step down, we now enter uh, what's known uh, quite legendary now as a pre-casting silly season. <laughs> yeah. Where the, the world seems to just lose its mind. Um, yeah. I was chatting to a, to a few people on uh, Twitter yesterday um, – uh, the very good uh, Crinoid uh, podcast. Oh, those guys are great. Uh, yeah. A guy called um, Dave Prober. Yeah. Oh, know. Dave. And uh, we were saying, because I saw his tweet and he was saying, you know, here we go, precasting craziness. And uh, we were saying, yeah, it's every, every time that this happens, it just seems to escalate into a huge bubble of ridiculousness every time. And uh, my two favourite rumours that I've heard uh, since Capaldi said he was leaving, the first one, uh, and we've heard this loads of times, is that Matt Smith is coming back yes, as the doctor, that. Yeah. which is just... Well, and the second one, uh, and this was a cracker, uh, that William Hartnell, the first doctor, is returning as the doctor as a CG character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And when I, when I see rumours or hear rumours like that, the thing that worries me more is not the rumour itself, is that people latch onto it as a possible truth. Yeah. It's like a CGI heart. It's like, what are you thinking to read something like that and then think, oh, William Hartnell might be coming back? What? I don't understand. Anyway, there's been. <laughs> we've uh, got months of this. We've got months of ridiculous got- names being banded around. Loads. Tom yeah. Cruise for Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's going to be, you know, what's the other one they always drag out? Uh, Richard oh, AORD, he's he's up for it again. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's going to be the doctor. He's too busy doing the crystal maze. He ain't uh, got time to do that. Miranda Hart. Oh, good grief! Uh, Olivia Coleman. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, as all, the a, usual, all the usual suspects. All the usual, and then on top of that, we're going to have the uh, 
the ongoing debate. Is it going to be a woman? Yeah, is it going to be a black doctor. actor? Is it going to... All of this stuff. It's like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? As long as the person in the role is good and they care about the character and they care about the show and it makes the show a good watch, who cares who the Doctor is? Yeah. We've got months just, of this, mate. It's just, it's not going to end until we get that. I hope. Do you think they'll do a big casting announcement show again? I think they will because it's a fresh start and it's so they're going to, they're going to want to try and, you know. Oh, you mean in like the, the BBC's live? Are, yeah, the live thing. Yeah. Oh, like when Capaldi was announced. They did yeah. a proper, oh, maybe. Yeah. See, I quite like that. I know, I know a lot of people don't, see that they're like oh why can't it just you know why can't we find out when the show airs why do we have to have this big announcement but the problem is with social media and leaks and everything in this day and age unfortunately it is just impossible to keep it secret who it is it's just it's just impossible so i i really appreciate that it would be great to not know until you know until the regeneration itself that would be wow that'd be amazing to be find out you know along with the you know, the companion or whatever, but that's just never going to happen in this day and age. So I think rather than just having it just, you know, written in a newspaper, yeah, let's have a big announcement show. Let's all gather around the TV with our <laughs> cans of cider and, like, oh, here we go. Who's the next doctor? Because I, lo- I really loved it last year when we, uh, not last year, sorry. I really loved it when they did that with Peter Capaldi. I was like, it was really exciting. They did like a whole half hour build up to, to him coming on stage. And it was just like, yeah. I just sat there thinking, five minutes, five minutes, we're going to find out who it is. It was really exciting. So I hope they do do that again. Here's a good build-up, I guess. But yeah. uh, I can't imagine they'll do that until after Series 10 has, has gone. I wouldn't have thought so, Which no. won't be until July, I believe. I think it runs yeah. through to some, some date in July. So probably after that. In- Although someone did point out, though, that because they're, because of this year gap, they've already been filming. They were saying they will be starting to film Yes. Series eleven this year, so we might they might have to announce it because there'll be people on set getting pictures of whoever it is, so they might ha- be forced, you know, to mm-hmm. announce it early. Yeah, there's no definitive date, but they, somebody has said that series eleven will start filming shortly after series yeah. ten has aired. So there we go. Um, but yeah, it's it's a crazy, it's an exciting time, and it's crazy. It is exciting. It, yeah, it's great to soak it all up, but. Uh, Yes, I would, you know, it is, just to round it all off, it is sad that Capaldi's going, but it's exciting times. It is. I mean, I am excited about it. And um, just quickly before we move off this, as we're talking about Series 10, um, are you excited that the Ice Warriors are coming back in the Mark Gatiss, Gatiss, Gatiss episode? Um I am, oh. and I'm not. I, I am. <laughs> you're not at all. I can tell where you're like. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I am because I think there's a lot of potential with the Ice Warriors after, yeah. especially after seeing them in the Curse of Peladon yes. recently. I think they've got a lot of, you know, they can be a really cool monster. But these days, it's such a huge risk with Mark Gatiss writing anything. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it panned. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's the dodgy time because. Yeah. Well, look at it this way. At least he's not writing the sequel to Sleep No More, which was what was rumoured. Oh, so God. look at it that way. But also, I mean, he wrote Cold War, right? That the the Ice Warrior yeah. one, yeah. Where we only got one Ice Warrior in the whole episode, and I was convinced they were going to do a Dalek there in 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 terms of the episode oh, Dalek, right. where right. we got one episode with one, and then they'd all come back in the finale. We get a whole 
uh, ice war invasion. That's what I thought they were going to do, but they never did that. Mm. So I'm kind of hoping we get to see more than one ice warrior this time. And and, and if we do, then I'm happy for him to to do it because I'm sure he's got some good writing in him. He, he can do good stuff, but yeah. yeah, he's had a few blips lately. But uh, let's hope he gets it together for the ice warrior one. Yeah, you're right. He can he can write a really good episode. Yeah, he can. But I don't know. S- wait and see. Maybe we'll get the Ice Lord back. Well, I hope so because he did mm. say in his little interview clip, Mark Gatiss said uh, it's going to be an Ice Warrior with a difference or something. Because I did think, oh no, just write an Ice Warrior story. It doesn't need to be different <laughs> or new or modern or changed. Just write an Ice Warrior story. But anyway, sorry, I'm getting carried away now. But he did say, didn't he? It's going to be different or something i don't know we'll see don't let us down mark we know you listen don't let us down this is capaldi's swan song you know it's got to be good on his way out as he's being hoyed out the building with the moth into the (laughs) skips behind the bbc building he's uh, tardish lunchbox thrown out the door bye it's got to be a good one yeah so i think that's we're going to yeah, we could talk for ages about this subject, but we could. Uh, but that's basically the last news bits. Capaldi is off. He's gone. Yes, and that's going to do for news. We have got one bit of merch, so Ooh, yeah. let's get the Daleks in. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very. So, in a kind of cruel twist of fate, <laughs> um, there's a there's a company um, called Abbey Shot, which Adam told me are a US based company, but they do ship. I think they're US, yeah, yeah over to the UK, and uh, somewhat cruelly, uh, they've just announced that you can pre-order uh, the Peter Capaldi red velvet coat from those yeah. guys, and it does look fabulous i mean it's quite (laughs) it's quite expensive you know it's not cheap it's uh just shy of 200 quid in uh great british pounds um however uh just having a look i mean it does say this is not the final version on the website Uh, however looking at the photographs they have got on there it does look pretty spot on I must admit, I mean, I'm always wary of these companies that do like the replica stuff. I mean, uh, I remember when the BBC brought out the David Tennant, the beige overcoat, and uh, it was the wrong size, the wrong colour, had the wrong lapels, the wrong buttons, (laughs) and it just looked nothing like the the screen version at all. But uh, these guys, they do seem to, I mean, the colour is spot on for sure. It's nice. And uh, it does look very nice. But uh, yeah, so (laughs) Capaldi's out of here, but his coat, is up for pre-order, uh, if you so please. So if you just go to abbeyshot.com, uh, you'll see an advert on the front page, and there's also a banner across the top. It says, pre-order's now available. So 200 quid will get you the red velvet coat. It's lovely. I know a lot of people have been waiting for this, actually. A lot of people want this jacket. Um, Abbey Shot are a really cool company. I, I like them. I like these guys, because they did the little um six doctor cat badge and uh and they do the scarves they do the question mark umbrella because i never quite worked out what the relationship is with um lavazi lavaza because they seem to share they seem to do the same products or or they i don't know if these guys make it and ship them i'm not sure but um but they're really cool yeah they look good and 
yeah, if I had a couple of hundred quid, I might get one in the biggest size they do. Probably have really long sleeves. Can you imagine you sort of think, oh, I bet it looks really good on me, and you get it. It's like massive. But um, no, I like, I like this company. They're cool. Hmm. And you can also um, get the the other 12th Doctor's coat, which is uh, uh, not up for pre-order. You can just order it now. You know the, the very dark, dark blue one with the red yes. silk inside. You can get that one from those guys already. Um, you can also get Captain Jack's coat. It's nice, yeah. Which is on sale. Uh, so instead of paying 230 quid, if you've got 160 quid in your pocket burning a hole, uh, Captain Jack's coat looks rather good. They do um, 11th Doctor bow ties, don't they? They do the anniversary one, which is nice. They do They do the sticker celery, yeah, the, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> good old Peter Davison. They do, yeah, they do some great stuff, actually. Talking of um, Caparellis' coat, you just reminded me, we had a, we had a set picture um, of him wearing a new coat recently, like this uh, very um, rustic blue coat. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Yes. What did you think? Because I loved it. It looked very I thought good. It was, yeah, yeah. I thought it was really, really nice. So they'll probably be, uh, they'll probably be doing that one as well soon. Yeah. Mm. Or, or next year or whenever. <laughs> or next year once he's yeah, gone. Yeah. For once good. he's gone, yeah. Oh, the little fourth Doctor lapel look with the paint thing from City of Death. Yeah, I'm liking all this, liking this. Mm. all very tempting yeah so i'm going to shut the page down before i add anything to cart good shout Uh, that's going to do for news and merch now enough the sad stuff yeah it's time to spend uh a little bit of time with that uh very happy chappy (laughs) the very um eccentric almost clown-like trouton-esque 11th doctor matt smith and this week buddy what we're going to review this week, it's uh, Night Terrors. Please save me from the monsters. Tell me about George. I mean, he's scared to death of everything. George, you have to face your fears. You have to face them now. We're dead. Again. <laughs> you see these eyes? They're old eyes. <laughs> and one thing I can tell you. Monsters are real. <laughs> Are they now? Every time we play a clip of Eleven Doctor, it's always got that blimmin' music. I loved it when it loved it when I first heard it, and now it's like, oh, dun, 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 I still love it. Dun, dun. I I do, but I oh, do. I am just the heard doctor. it a bit too much. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Right, Night Terrors. This <laughs> was first broadcast on the third of September, twenty eleven. What's that, five years, six years ago? As part of Series 6, it was written by Mark Gatiss. Or Gatiss. Or Gatiss, take your you pick. You decide. Yeah, uh, directed by Richard Clark, And uh, small cast in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Doctor, uh, Amy and Rory, and then we've got uh, the wee lad, George, um, and his dad, basically. And his mum makes, uh, his very concerned mum, makes an appearance now and then when she's not working. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Night Sarah's right. So the story is, uh, I I love the start of the story. So uh, Mm -hmm. the doctor gets a house call, which is a great concept. Yes. Nice. Uh, The little lad, uh, he's scared out of his wits and he's doing that thing where you're so scared. You sort of close your eyes and you, you either pray or you, you know, you're begging for somebody to help you. And uh, through, you know, through, time and space the doctor picks up this message and uh 
they're off to, which looks like this typical sort of London estate that we see in Doctor Who. Mm. Looks very Rose Tylerish. It does, yeah. 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 And we find this little lad who's scared of literally everything and a concept uh, that his parents have, have worked up is that anything that scares him gets put into the cupboard or the wardrobe. I don't know why they call it a cupboard. It's clearly a wardrobe. Mm, that's a good point, yeah. So everything gets put in the wardrobe and he has these little kind of routines that he has to go through and all that's in the wardrobe as well. Uh, Amy and Rory, they um, they get sort of sucked into uh, this little lad's uh, mind, if you like, his thoughts, uh, this kind of alternate dimension which acts as his fear i think is the metaphor they were going for yeah. um and uh and they get chased by these very creepy looking dolls and so on while this is all going on the doctor and the and george's dad try and find out the root of the problem so the doctor's you know frantically trying to figure out what the issue is they end up getting sucked into the wardrobe as well into george's uh fear dimension i guess and uh it turns out that uh the the wee lad is not their son at all really he was an alien that sort of turned up from literally nowhere yeah we don't really find out uh, do yeah. we um mm. and sort of takes the place as as their as their son and um because he's an alien and he's kind of adapted to what life is like the only sort of thing that he's got to go on is his parents and they've been a little bit meh to him recently uh, so they've said you know should he go away should we send him away to a doctor and stuff like that so it's all sort of metaphorical really and in the end the doctor sort of convinces him that it's him that has to sort out the problem he has to face his fears confront them sort it all out and then his dad comes to the rescue reassures him that he's never going to be given away and he's safe and sound and uh and that's it yeah love saves the day indeed again Again, yes. Uh, so we've spoken about Mr. Gatiss mm. uh, already on the show. Uh, in you know, more specifically, his ability to write a good Doctor Who story versus a bad Doctor Who story. Which side of the fence do you think this one falls on? For mm. you, for you, I mean, your personal opinion. Um, do you know, I think there's some great stuff going on in this. Um, <laughs> I think there is a good story in there, but it. I've never quite managed to put my finger on why it doesn't work. Um, but, you know, I was really hoping that when I rewatched this last night that it it, it would click, you know, because I, I quite like a lot of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I quite like the sort of the heart of the story and all that. But I don't know. It just doesn't work for me, this story. I find it. I find it takes far too long to actually get going for a start. Um, I don't know. I just can't. I, I, I think it's sort of in the middle. <laughs> Do right, you know what I mean? Right. I think it's, I think it's okay. I think I can watch, you know, it's watchable. Um, there are bits of it I really like, but I don't know if it's the editing or, or, or the story itself, but something doesn't work about, about night terrors. Um, and I just can't put my finger on it. Cause I think there's a really good story in there. I think this could have been great. Mm. Um, it could have been really creepy. And I think it could have been a, 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 a little gem, but something okay. just doesn't, something about it just doesn't work. Um, and I wonder if it's the editing or, I don't know, maybe it needed another rewrite or something, but it just falls flat for me. 
um, I find myself just sat there thinking, I'm bored. You know, I'm, I'm reaching for the phone. You know, this is not, this is just not happening. Um, I don't okay. know. I just can't put my finger on why, but it, it just doesn't work for me. That's but, I, but I do, yeah. but I do sort of, sort of like it. So it's a bit of an in-between. It's an in-betweener. Yeah. Okay. What about you, mate? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, yes, I would kind of echo that. I mean, I think it's uh, like I would. Yeah, I think like the majority of of Gators's things, it has some good stuff in there. Some really good stuff. And interesting, actually, I was. I, put this on i watched it last night and i think about 10 minutes in uh, my wife came in and plonked herself down and was reading something or doing something because she doesn't typically watch um much of doctor who unless it's uh the 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 10th doctor and martha or the 10th doctor and donna that sort of thing um although she does like matt smith she does think he's a really really good doctor and uh she sort of looked up and the moment where Amy and Rory are in the doll's house and they are walking out of a corridor and she's got the wooden frying pan and then yeah. you see just the silhouette of one of the dolls and you hear the kids like little laughing, mm. little laughing voice. Um, my wife was glued to this whole episode from that moment on. Really? Oh, right, and that okay. doesn't normally happen with who. Mm. Um, so I think it's, I think this episode is great for, sort of non-hardcore fans of Who. I think it's a good mm. one to get into because it does it does give you that classic formula which does work a lot, a lot better on maybe classic Who, but when you have that sort of scariness for the kids, you know, because I know that if my son was awake when I was watching this, he would probably find it very scary. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, I'm 99% sure, you know, the cushion would be up in front of his face and he would find it mm. quite scary. So, uh, you know, it does have that, it's good for the adults, but it's also, you know, quite scary for the children. You know, and as kids, if something scares you, you just want to watch it more, you know, and all that stuff. So um, I think, you know, if you're outside of Who and you just want to get introduced to it and you want something that's going to grip you for 40 minutes or so, I think it's good. For me personally, I think it does have some good stuff in there, like you say. Mm. but it doesn't quite hit the mark for some reason. Yes, it doesn't, does it? it, it no. It's almost like it's trying really hard. It's mm. it's trying to be a scary story, and it's trying to be a very loving, heartwarming story at the same time, because it will come on to um, uh, the, the, the lad that played George, you know. Um, you, it's really meant to sort of make you be like, ah. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, throughout the entire episode because you feel sorry for him because he's only a little boy. But you can tell that he's absolutely petrified of everything and you're really sort of worried and scared for him. And uh, and then you've also got the scary element. But for some reason, it just... I don't know. I, and again, Matt Smith is, like we said earlier, he's fantastic in this. He's one, he's wonderful he's in brilliant. it. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, he sort of carries it through at certain points. But mm. it just doesn't all fit. It doesn't. It really bugs me. I really hoped that the penny would finally drop last night mm. when I watched it. I thought, right, hopefully this time I'll watch it and, and I'll just think, yes, it's because, you know, this doesn't work or that doesn't work. I just watch it and I think, yeah, there's got all the elements there. It's like a puzzle. It's yeah. like a puzzle. You know when you try and put a puzzle together and you, you haven't got the right piece, but you force it to fit in anyway and it kind of just about works. Yeah. That's yeah. how I see this episode. It's like it's all there, but it just hasn't quite been 
executed right somehow. Yes. And I yeah. I assumed that I would I assumed it would be down to the direction. I thought, well, it's probably the direction. You know, the director hasn't filmed it very well or whatever. But it's not because the episode looks fantastic. I mean, the direction actually is pretty good. Like you know mm-hmm. the. The opening shot of the TARDIS materialising in the puddle, yeah, absolutely beautiful. And and the way the the council estate is shot, um, yeah, I, it's not the direction. So that's why I thought, well, maybe it's the editing then. Maybe it's you know because we keep getting shots of we have conversations broken up with shots of the kid, mm-hmm. you know, um, shining his torch, looking scared, which gets a little bit repetitive at the start. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's just not been edited right because this is getting a bit repetitive, and maybe we should have just had that, yeah, that scene with the dad and the you know the the thug landlord maybe that should have just been uninterrupted i don't know something is just not flowing here yes. so I, I that's why i'm thinking maybe it's the direct maybe it's the editing that's wrong um or maybe it's the music because murray's music although very good and very nice at times doesn't seem to be flowing with the scenes mm-hmm. so there are scenes like there's a bit like so where amy gets the the wooden frying pan or whatever it is um and the music's going crazy but nothing's happening mm-hmm. and i'm sort of thinking okay so that's not that's a bit jarring so i don't know i think there's a combination of things here that just i think the story is good i yeah. think that the dolls themselves look fantastic they look really creepy they could have been made really really scary mm-hmm. um they're not they're not used enough you know what i mean they, they, they could have been terrifying those things. I think when they actually turn people into dolls, that's quite horrific. So that's good. So yeah. that could have been done better. Um, but there's like a shot where they're creeping around under a door where Amy and Rory are holding the door back and they look underneath to see if the doll's left. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so badly done. Like you can't really see, you, you know, you know that there's a shadow moving there, but you can't even see what's going on. But so I don't know. I think, like I said, just it's so close to being good, but something is not working. Yeah. So it's not flowing at I, all. I can see what you mean, mate. It's um, yeah. when I finished watching this, the the main thing in my head was, it's not quite as bad as trying to put a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> it's not quite as bad as that. It's almost like you've got an oval peg that you think could fit if it was yeah. you know shaped a bit better, and then it would fit in nicely. But it's just not quite there. Yeah, because <laughs> you know? I do enjoy it, and I think that's why I find it frustrating because I. I really think it's so close to being a, a really great episode. Like I sat there and I, I was genuinely enjoying, enjoying it. Yeah. But also just finding it a bit slow and somehow frustrating. Yes. If yeah. you know what I mean. Kept thinking, come on, guys, get get with the story. Like, let's get in the house. Let's let's get on with it. Let's let's see what's going on. Let's get those dolls, you know, doing what they do. Let's let's do stuff. Let's let's get on with it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I do enjoy it. And probably sounds like I didn't. I did enjoy it, but I just find it a somewhat frustrating episode somehow. Yeah. I did. I exactly the same as you, mate. I enjoyed the watch, and mm. like I said, my wife really enjoyed it, and she seldom, you know, sits through an entire episode of of, of Doctor Who. Unless it's David Tennant, of course. And uh, I said to her afterwards, I said, what did you think of that then? And she said, it was okay. She said it was okay. But the best thing about it for me was Matt Smith. Yeah. And yeah. I've never heard, this say, never heard her say this before, but she, she said, now that, she said, after watching this one all the way through, he was a fantastic doctor. Well, he is. Yeah, and, and she's never really said that before. She's always said, you know, I don't mind Matt Smith; he's quite good, you know. But this was the first time where she actually thought, "Wow, he was he he was such a good 
doctor in you know an episode she saw and that is one of the best but we'll come on to matt smith a bit later but that was one of the the key elements for me is his performance in the story he absolutely his part of it was actually written very well by mark gatiss i really liked a lot of the stuff that you know the interactions between him and george's dad him and george himself and just Mm. the overall confidence that he has he just commands you know the entire scene sometimes and yeah there's there's one scene where the dad's really angry with him because what he's just said to the dad monsters are real mm-hmm. and then he just goes off to the kitchen and starts making a cup of tea and george's dad is furious he's like telling him to leave telling him to bugger off and he's not having it he's just yeah. picking mugs up he's going to get milk and all that it's just brilliant that those he is superb, scenes, yeah yeah 100 percent agree yeah, yeah. So let's talk about some a couple of story plots then. Uh, sorry, plot elements before we move on to characters. The mm. whole the whole thing is quite uh, is is quite an interesting watch in terms of you've got the the young lad who's scared of everything, and on face value, you just think that it's he's a normal a normal little boy who's just it, it you know it's as black and white as that. He's just scared of a lot of things. You know, yeah. particularly when he has to go to bed, and that's—I think that's relatable. I think that's the good thing about this story. It does relate to a lot of people because so many of us have nightmares, and when we were younger, you are scared of the dark. And mm. you know, sometimes I remember um, being downstairs watching TV with my mum, and we weren't even watching anything particularly scary because my mum just thought this is just the program or it's just something, and I would find something that an adult wouldn't find scary quite creepy mm. and scary. And then she'd say, right, it's time for bed. And I'd be like, uh, can I stay up for a bit longer? She's like, no, you've got school in the morning, time for bed. Mm-hmm. And I'd go up, to st- up, up the stairs into bed and uh, I'd lay there like quite scared for a while. Yeah. But my mum would be none the wiser. She would just assume I've gone up to bed and everything's cool. So I do every like- little bump in the night, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, I mean, we've all yeah. been in there, so they can all relate to it. Yeah, every little shadow. What's that? Yeah, yeah, so so that, that is quite nice. That's one of the story things that I did really like. Is that mm. you do kind of see it through his eyes? Yeah. Those scenes where he's in bed and he's got his torch, and when your mind plays tricks on you, and you see a shadow that you know is just the lamp, or it's one of your toys, but your mind makes it more than what it is your mind does turn it into a monster or a ghost or something like that. So I did really like that part of it. I thought uh, I thought Mark Gatiss had actually, you know, delved into those common themes that we all relate to and we all find, especially as kids, we all did find that stuff scary at one point. Yeah, yeah. Like you said earlier, I love the beginning. It's really great. Like he's sort of really jumpy in bed, isn't he? Sort of thinking, oh, what's that? Someone outside and all that like, stuff that we like to could all relate to. And sending the, the the message, you know, the doctor receiving the message um, from the kid in the TARDIS. So it's a really lovely start to the episode, actually. Again, I think just because Matt brings it alive, the way he spins round in the console with the thing, what's this? Yeah, it's just yeah. it's a great little intro. How yeah. cool was that though? That that's that. How cool of a way to kick off a story? Yeah, yeah. Where we haven't got the the TARDIS has landed in a supposedly completely random time, but it's mm. perfectly timed to get caught up in a big conspiracy and you know problem to sort out. They're not doing anything; they're just having a bit of a laugh in the TARDIS. All good. Yeah. And then this 
message comes through somehow and it must and i like the way the doctor describes it as well that it must have been something extremely important and powerful to be able mm. to go through all the space and time and and all that stuff and it's just the fact that they play on the word you know it, a, what a traditional actual doctor would do yeah is to call yeah, on a patient true. do a house call yeah you know it's great it's so these are the things nice intro these are the things that really set the episode up uh, as a as a good watch an enjoyable mm. watch because right from the off like you say the way matt smith spins around and then we get the intro which i've never liked really that intro in the clouds and everything but you know if you get past that little bit uh, which bit was it what they sort of oh the, the like the vortex the vortex is made up of clouds and oh, lightning yeah. and stuff like that it's all right but uh, and then once you've got that out of the way it, it's you then got some more good stuff i mean amy and rory and all knocking on doors and that's quite trying funny. to find out yeah. it's all good um so i think the actual setup for the story it's got some relatable themes there and it does kick off in a good way the house call thing and and it draws you straight it. in. Yeah, definitely. Straight away. Yeah. Mm. So what did you think to the the jumping between? So quite early on, so when Amy and Rory go into the lift, mm. they obviously go into the doll's house, i.e. George's fear place. Yeah. And then the old lady gets sucked into the, into the, the big pile of bin bags. Um, <laughs> So what did you think to that? Because obviously they, that happens quite early on. And then it's that jumping back and forth, isn't it? So you've got Amy and Rory not having a clue where they are, what's going on. Mm. The old lady doesn't know what's going on. And then it's, it's kind of like a race against time then, isn't it? Because it then cuts back to the doctor. He has to figure out what the problem is with George. We go back, they're in a bit more trouble. Come back, the doctor's trying to figure it out. We then go back, they're in a bit more trouble. You know, did, did you like that sort of back and forth? Or do you prefer I, I, like the TARDIS team to work together? No, no, no. I liked I liked that because I thought it gave Amy and Romy some good bit of uh, interaction together. They, you know, they were they're quite funny together. I think I I, I quite like Amy and Romy. Um, no, I didn't mind that at all. I liked the fact that what they were doing on the outside affected the inside of the doll's house as well. Like the light switches made the candles flicker and all that. I thought you know, there's some good sort of. Um, supernatural stuff going on there sort of some creepy stuff going on there which i thought was good um like you know i like the sort of setup of the house the way everything was you know like a giant toy right. candlestick and all that i thought yeah this is really nice stuff going on here um yeah no i didn't mind that i thought i thought it worked quite well and i, I really loved the idea that they were stuck in that doll's house <laughs> like this giant doll's house. it was a really nice idea um i just thought they thought they could have done more with it somehow you know it's it's in the wardrobe we could have I just don't think it was executed that well. You know, I think it could have done a lot more right? Yeah, with that. But it's a good, I liked, yeah, I liked the idea behind it. I thought it was quite cool. Yeah, it's it's a good, well, like we've said, it's a, one of those great elements that just didn't quite get realised on screen, mm -mm. you know. I love the dolls. I just think they look so brilliantly 
creepy. Horrible. I just wanted more. They yeah. are horrible, especially. And I totally forgotten actually that Amy gets turned into one. I did, um, and yeah. it should have been horrific. But actually, I found myself really laughing. I think because Rory was just like, "What the?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, that's really funny." It's probably not meant to be, but but um, but that was great. It was a good moment though. It was a really good moment because you're like, "Oh my god, Amy's a Amy's a doll, a creepy doll." This is weird. <laughs> I can say what though, it was really scary. The effect that they used. Yes, more it, than I remembered. Yeah, because it wasn't your average oh let's just slap a bit of cg on there and we'll do the the classic mm. you know uh, we'll morph amy into you know like this smooth transition into the doll they did this almost like stop motion effect where you saw the yeah, the yeah. hair come out and so that for me made it more creepy because they yes, used this I like old-fashioned yeah. effect yeah, yeah i thought yeah i thought exactly the same because i didn't remember it being that um that's scary. Mm. I was thinking this is quite good, and I don't, I don't know if it's intentional. Like you said, it's sort of quite a old-fashioned effect, but it makes it more creepy. Yeah, maybe yeah, old-fashioned's the wrong not word. Not old-fashioned. Yeah, you know not I mean, old-fashioned, but, but yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of it's out of place in a way, but in another way, it works brilliantly. It does. Yeah, yeah. and uh, because if we think about another special effect, which looked bloody awful, was where the the uh, the landlord's sort of sinking into the carpet. And the, oh, the way that yeah. you see the carpet go around his feet and stuff like Incredible. that, it's, yeah. Um, but I did find, let's talk about the, the fear factor a little bit, because I did mm-hmm. find that the opening scenes in the dollhouse would be very scary, actually. Yeah. There's a bit where Amy and Rory sort of leave the kitchen, I think it is, and all you see is the silhouette of a doll run past the door. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. like that's like a tried and tested formula, isn't it, for horror? You know, where they yeah. don't reveal the... I'm not going to say they're monsters, but they don't reveal the 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 monster up front. They sort of tease you a little bit. So. Yeah, because there's one where they just sometimes you just see the shadow of the head looking like behind a door and stuff. Yeah, which looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. and they still don't reveal the that that's the the monster properly. So in that scene, they open the door, don't they? And Amy and Rory see the doll in the cupboard, but they think it is just a doll. And a, yeah. uh, Rory prods it on the head and <laughs> they walk away. And then you see the head move as they walk away and you think, oh God, they were just there. Right. right it. Yeah. So I thought the scary factor, and, and this is because I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a big fan of the horror genre. I don't really watch a lot of horror films, but every now and then I do like to, to stick on a horror film because I do like being scared <laughs> now mm. and then. And, and it's when Doctor Who does scary, when it's done well, it can be very creepy, mm. really, yeah, really yeah. creepy. Um, and I think this, especially the first half of this one anyway, it does do that quite well, I would say. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. As I said, I thought everything was going pretty good, really. Um, I'm just thinking they never did figures of those dolls, did they? I'd quite like to have had a, an did action they? figure of that doll. They did the peg. They did like the peg soldier guy. I remember seeing him in the shops. But I don't... Someone might want to correct me, but I don't think they ever did figures of the actual dolls, which um, they seem like an obvious toy to do. You know, yes. they'd have been quite creepy. And mind you, I don't know, would I really want one of them <laughs> next to me I as I go to sleep? Probably yeah. not. But uh, yeah, they do look good, though. They are a nice, simple design that, that you know, would, would not look out of place in a horror film. <laughs> no, and uh, I think they they got that. They, they sort of went up to the line of being scary quite well. Because the, the the dolls' faces, they kind of expressionless, really. And I yeah. think if they would have designed those dolls' faces to have a bit of a sort of evil 
expression on the on the doll's face i think maybe that would have tipped it over the line and i think that really would have given kids the proper creeps you know so i think it's just on that line where i think kids will find it quite scary but it's not overly like it's going to scar their mind for the next 20 years it's not that bad but it is a bit creepy you know yeah especially with the laugh as well isn't it that little chuckle that they oh, like no. the, the, the little chuckle is quite creepy yeah no i think you're right i think they, they got that just right actually yeah and the yeah. nursery rhyme as well when you hear kids oh, in yes. scary films or programs doing the whole nursery it's it is creepy it is mm. good yeah uh, yeah so the dolls were good and i i do remember actually they've got him in the who shop still the little soldier figure with a blue hat yeah yeah i'm sure i remember a figure of him yes yeah, yeah he was in there um when i was last in there but the um uh so the the dolls themselves are really good what did you think to the concepts of amy being a doll then and rory um because he obviously rory's lost isn't he he doesn't know yeah he doesn't know what's going on well, he has a, a <laughs> clue does he it's not yeah. until the doctor turns up you know it's quite cool how they meet on the stairs where the doctor and george's dad are wrestling with a bunch of dolls coming up the stairs rory's the big scissors got, yeah and rory's got the mop and he's trying to fence off the other ones yeah um quite interesting that a companion i wouldn't say you know gets lost in because clearly amy doesn't die nothing happens to her but you don't know that if this is the first time you've seen the episode you don't know that nothing serious is going to happen to her she's just been turned into a doll yeah <laughs> so what do you think to that i thought that was quite quite cool in a way because we rarely see anything happen to companions really do we unless you're especially if you're not clara um yeah but uh yeah i, thought no, was... I, I, I liked it yeah i thought as i said i'm surprised i forgot that that happened because when she did get turned into doll there was a little bit of me that went oh yeah yikes don't want to say the word aim is a doll <laughs> i was like wow that's that's really good i like that but i'd completely forgot what happened R- rory does make a joke actually doesn't he that he says we're gonna die again or something okay. like oh, that yeah. which i thought was really yeah. fun i was like see that's what i like about rory he brings a bit of humor to you know just in the right places as well doesn't he like yeah. just as the episode's yeah. getting a bit dark and you know it's all kicking off he'll come out of quite a quirky little line just to just to lighten the atmosphere a bit so yeah but now i thought that was great when she was a doll as well um and and just good to see rory's reaction to it of like oh here we go, here we go. <laughs> you, know, you know it was a good shock factor for me yeah yeah because i thought wow one of the main cast main people has been turned into one of the it's difficult to say because they're not really a villain or a monster are they they're just no. yeah it's hard to say to sort of categorize but yeah so one of the main cast gets taken effectively yeah which is quite i mean cool. i obviously haven't watched this one very much because i i also found it quite a shock when uh george that's the kid isn't it yeah or is that the dad yeah george when he's revealed to be the alien i was like oh yeah i forgot about that that's that's quite quite good i thought i mean i didn't see it coming and i've seen the episode before i think i obviously haven't watched this one very much but yeah i didn't i didn't see that coming i mean obviously didn't see it coming the first time watched it and i'd forgotten and didn't see it coming this time either so Mm. that's quite good and it does just about work i think it's Mm. it's a nice little twist because the way matey says it you know he does act like quite well the dad does it. he's like because she can't have kids and then he, he sort of stops and realizes hang on but we've got a kid what's going on here so that it, it's done quite well i think that that shock reveal 
it's of, done really of being well. an alien. The yeah. only thing I did think of though is when they're leaving, the doctor's like, I might just pop back, see him, you know, when he's a teenager, just just in case. <laughs> I was thinking, but what about like um uh you know, what are they called? Alex the dad, isn't it? Is Alex the dad? Alex, yeah. Yeah, what what about his parents that like where did they where did they you know, they can't just suddenly appear with this kid. Presumably he didn't or did he arrive as a baby? I don't know. It's just a bit um, in the bigger picture. Uh, yeah, probably right, not right. something you need to worry about. But I was thinking, yeah, I can totally accept that this alien's landed and sort of made them think he's theirs and, you know, brainwash them, whatever. But what about everyone else? Like, they can't just suddenly turn up and say, oh, mum, you know, don't forget to see little Georgie while he's here. Who's Georgie? I mean, you, the bigger picture, he oh, can't oh, just see. suddenly appear yeah. Yeah. like that. But uh, I suppose, yeah, we don't, probably don't need to look that far into it. But well, that's the only thing that slightly doesn't quite work with the story. Well, maybe that's due to, because they do, I know it's a bit loose, me saying this, but they do kind mm. of cloak it around this. So the alien, which is what, um, uh, a tensor. Ah, yes. A, a tensor. Uh, as, in a similar way to what we've seen in Doctor Who the past, in the past, is that he's able to sort of fool people with a perception filter. Yes, so I suppose they he would have done that with everybody. Yeah, that's what I mean. So if yeah, anybody okay. comes round, yeah. they would also see him through the perception filter and not think anything of it. Yeah. Um, but that scene that you're talking about, I thought was really, really good. The way that the sort of penny drops for the Doctor and he realises mm. that it's not any sort of outside force. It's not monsters anywhere. The, the actual cause of it is George himself. He's the one that's created this. Yeah. And uh, the way that he goes and picks up the photo album and he's, because it would have been really easy for Gators just to write that scene as the doctor figures it out and tells Alex. That's mm. the reveal. But the way that the doctor doesn't want to tell Alex, he wants to get it out of him so that mm. the realization is true because, you know, he's gone back and, and like you say, that bit where he's really angry and he's like, she can't have kids. Mm. And then hit the penny drops for him as well. And he's like, hold on. Cause it's, it's really good how the doctor says, tell me about the day that George was born. Tell me about that day. And he's like, yeah, it's one of the best days of my life. And then he thinks, well, was it? I Cause I can't actually can't remember, remember it. it. <laughs> and it's yeah. not like one of those things where like something happened 20 years ago and somebody says, do you remember that? And you're like, I don't actually, yeah. he honestly has no recollection. And that's when it's all starts to unravel. Mm. So I, but it's a good little twist, isn't it? It's great. See, I quite liked yeah. it. I thought that's that does work for me. Yeah. Yes, I love that bit. Really, mainly good. like you said, because of the performance in that scene. I think mm. it just, yeah, it's it, you know they do a good job of, you know, not shouting too much. They just sort of pitch it just right, don't they? Yeah. Like you said, the penny drops is yeah, it's well yeah. done between the two guys. Yeah, Matt Smith's great as well because he's sort of plugging away. He's like firing questions. He's just yeah, he's uh, just giving him enough to yeah make him realise, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then we have like the the final act, if you like, where they're all in his old house, and it all basically boils down to to George. You know, the doctor's sort of saying to him, "It's down to you. You've got to confront your fears." And then the final little piece is uh, the doctor realizes that we have this really cool little sequence actually where. We sort of go into the Doctor's memory. Oh, I like that. That yeah. was really well done, wasn't it? Where it's sort of like, 
and it's he like yeah picks up on a, a small detail that he needed to know because that reminds me of the 11th hour remember the bit where he's on the green and he does the old placing together all the all the pieces to to work it out um it's not something they did that much but it's really nice isn't it when they do that because it's a it's a similar thing isn't it he just sort of you can almost see him going into his mindset trying to think what is it i've missed and then he gets it and thinks that's it got that's it. it yeah yeah i liked that bit as well and i think it's a bit where the the kid overhears alex and the mum saying what do we do do we you know send him away or whatever. send him away somewhere and yeah. i think that the i think george um doesn't see that as i'll oh, just go and see a doctor and come back again as mm. a little kid he probably hears they're going to send me away for good they want to get rid of me so that's the final little cog in the in in the machine, isn't it? Where his final little thing to get over is the fact that he's safe. He's not going to be given away or sent away anywhere. And it's down to the dad to to do that. And it's quite a touching mm-hmm. moment because he's saying, you know, even now that I know that you're not truly, you know, our son and you're an alien, <laughs> you know, I will always view you as my son and I love you. And so it's, it's quite a touching. Yeah, it's quite a nice heartwarming way to finish it all up yeah no I, I agree it all comes together quite well i think yeah what did you think to before we get on to george what did you think to alex then daniel mays do you think he played that pretty daniel good? mays yeah um it's weird actually because i remember when i first watched this when it aired thinking he wasn't particularly good but watching right. it again last night i actually i don't know why i thought that because i thought he was i thought he was good um and i, I think particularly his interaction with Matt Smith, I thought together they they acted really well together. They they bounced off each other really nicely. Um, he's quite a well known actor now as well, isn't he? He's, he's gone on to do quite a lot of things. Uh, Daniel Mays, I've seen him pop up in a few films and quite a few TV programs as well. Um, so he's a good actor. Um, I think he's he's decent in it. Yeah, I think he's he's pretty decent in it. Mm, he's in Rogue uh, One, isn't he? Yes, he is. he is. Yes, he is in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say he does pop up. You sort of suddenly he's good because. Um, He's got that sort of cheeky, chappy <laughs> face, so he's quite rememberable, isn't he? Yeah. You know, um, but he normally plays the sort of stronger, he quite often plays the sort of geezer. I'm a bit of a geezer, <laughs> so it's quite nice to see him playing this um, sort of dad that's a bit out of his depth. Because when the landlord's having to go at him, because of the other characters he's played in other things, almost expected him to sort of, you know, give him a right hook and be on your way, mate. Don't, you know, because <laughs> he's normally playing the hard man. So mm. it's quite good to see him playing this um, slightly more. Um, gentle character, if you like. So, mm. yeah, no, I thought he was decent in it, and he and he does. He's he's great with Matt. Him and Matt together, really, really good. Yeah, you know, I sort of imagined them going off for a pint together after the filming. <laughs> do you know what I mean, like, yeah, yeah come on, Matt's going to have a pint, mate, and then Matt getting drunk. And, ah, but but no, I thought they were good together, though. See, but yeah, I like Daniel Mays. What what do you think? Yeah, it's amazing how opinions change over time. I can't remember the last time I did watch this episode, but I, oh. I remember thinking that he was quite bad <laughs> yeah so did i yeah. i'm thinking you know they could have picked they could have cast somebody a bit but when i watched it yes uh, last night exactly the same as you i I thought wow he's actually pretty good yeah and it, and the thing for me is that he's convincing he's, he does give it his all especially when he's shouting at the doctor and that bit at the end where you know he's sort of broken down in tears a little bit and he's reassuring george that he loves him and so on he kind of gives it his all for that you know as a yeah, and it's, he is he is good in it, but it is weird that I thought that he was quite bad before. 
Yeah, that's how I remember it. I was remember thinking, yeah, the, uh, well, I remember thinking the supporting cast weren't very good in this one. This mm. is how I remembered it. But uh, but yeah, he's definitely better than I remembered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go on to George then, the wee, uh, the wee Tenza lad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jamie, how do you say it? Jamie Aram. Jamie Aram, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't say that I was overly <laughs> enamoured with, with him. The, it, it's always very difficult when you're talking about child actors because... You know, it's you don't want to come across as overly mean or anything, but I didn't really think he was very good at all. That young, that, uh, it just I didn't. I didn't think he was bad. Didn't you? I mean, I've seen no. I mean, I don't, it wasn't wasn't great, but I don't know. I think I think I've seen worse. I, it, I think he did the job, <laughs> but yeah, I would agree. He's not brilliant, but. Yeah. yeah, I didn't sit there thinking, "Oh, this this kid's awful." Like, you know, I felt he was trying, and I felt he was doing some weird stuff. You know, in terms of the old eye blinking a lot, he was trying to do something. But well, I yeah. thought that was the best bit for me when he wasn't what, talking. The eye blink. Ah, yeah. I mean, yeah. when he wasn't talking, I thought he was okay. Yeah, when he's got that sort of petrified look. I mean, he played scared very well. Yeah, you know, when he was looking quite petrified and the, the whole blinking thing. But it's when he opened his mouth. It's I don't know. It's just so so wooden and so I don't know. Uh, but you can't be too critical because he's only young. You know, he's, he's only young lad. It's you good know. though when at the end though, isn't it? When he opens up the wardrobe and Matt the doctor goes flying back into it. I was like, well, yeah. that's good. I don't know. Did they actually, I don't know if they had him on a wire or something, but he probably, or it might've just been an effect, but he probably goes yeah. flying into the back of that wardrobe. Um, yeah. Give the boy some slack. He's, yeah. He probably won't work again. Yeah. So <laughs> what, that is right. What about the landlord? The wow. rough and ready bit wow. of a meanie bully type. Yeah. Oh, he serves a purpose, I suppose. Yeah, I was going to say he looks he looks the part, but again, when he opens his mouth, he's a bit not exactly the most convincing of of you know um, hard men, is he? He's not exactly. It's because he's trying to be this big. Oh, you know, I'm going to want my money or else going to be a bunch of fives and all that. He's not exactly <laughs> the most convincing as uh, as this rough and tough guy, but he's all right. I mean, he looks the part, and he's he's not in it that much anyway. Uh, he no. gets turned into a doll, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's all right. I like his dog. I love the dog. Oh, the dog! Yeah, he's got like a big. Um, is it a boxer? What no, you call that? no, it's a pug. No, it's no. a bulldog. Is it? Is it a bulldog? I think something like that. Beautiful dog. Yeah. He's got because the dog. Um, <laughs> it's obviously a trained actor that dog because it does does seem to sort of pull comedy faces at him on cue, doesn't it? Like when he sat watching the TV and the dog sort of looks up at him and then he goes, plonks his head down. And I like his dog. Yeah. Um, what about the old lady who gets... Uh, not sure what the point of her was, actually. Yeah, I think it's just to say that it's not just um, people directly involved are, you know, unaffected. Could be anybody on the estate. Yeah. Anyone that he, anything that George deems as scary, you know, could be used as a device to transport people into the the cupboard. The Actually, yes, because I like that bit when she walks. You see the shadow of her creeping past his window with her little trolley because he thinks it's 
he's scared of it isn't he he's yes. like oh what's that we know it's her yeah but he doesn't um that's nice that's a really good little moment and um yeah she you're right she does serve a purpose actually in that in that sense um it's a nice scene at the beginning with her and the doctor as well where oh, yeah. she thinks yeah. he's like who she think he is she's like having a go at him oh about yeah something. yeah she has a pop at him yeah it's quite yeah. cool yeah so she's all right i suppose it's uh <laughs> again unintentionally funny when she gets um thrown into the bin bags but uh, <laughs> you just see her legs sort of get <laughs> yeah. sticking out and get sucked poor in old, poor old dear oh, Doris, um, but yeah. yeah she's all right yeah i suppose you're right she does serve serve a purpose she's yeah. all right, no, yeah. she's right. Uh, and then george's mum she's in at the beginning at the you end don't see her much and again i'm sure she's gone on to do quite good things mm. i recognize that actress yeah no idea what she's called do you know I, yeah she's um is it sophie cosson uh <clears throat> Could be. We'll go with that. It might not be, but it might not it, be. Yeah, George's mum. Anyway, ginger, frizzly hair. I'm sure I've seen her pop up in quite a few things since this. Um, and uh, she only gets about four or five lines, doesn't she? She's she's all right. The mum. She's quite good when she's sort of getting cross of him about the lights and all that, and you know, she's quite mumsy. Quite mumsy. Yeah. 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 Um, yes, and uh, Amy and Rory then. Oh yeah, I forgot about Amy Roy. Yeah, no, we have spoken a bit already. It's uh, mm. it's just um, they don't have a huge amount to do. They're not responsible for so, uh, saving the day or anything. Uh, but yeah, like we said, it's quite cool when she turns into a doll. Rory's quite funny, and that's it, really. <laughs> yeah, don't they don't a... get a lot to do. They do provide some nice comic relief, though, don't they? They do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really cool to hear Rory. Um, he's very, very cynical, isn't he? Like, yeah, you know, so they've landed in this position again where they don't know where they are, what's going on. And uh, Rory's just like, oh, he's, he's always got that vibe and he's like, oh, here we go again. We're probably in mortal danger, you know, yeah. but you don't care because it's the doctor, but we'll just have to deal with it. And he does that very well, doesn't he? That way of thinking. He does. He does. And I quite like it. These three together. I quite like the doctor, Amy and Rory together. I think they they bond really nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Arthur Darfur is good. I, mm. I think it's yeah, Rory. Good. Like you said, he's sort of like this hapless, following Amy around. Doesn't really want to be there. He'd <laughs> much rather be at home, you know, in front of the TV with her snuggling up on the sofa. But because she's like off on all these adventures, he's just tagging along, and he, you know, thinking, "God, yeah. will it ever end? <laughs> will it ever end, Amy?" Um, yeah. But yeah, I like Arthur Darfur. I thought he's nice, nice performance. Um, Amy Pond, Karen Gillan standard she's she's fine yeah quite nice they work work well together yes and she's not too annoying in this one either she's not no she's, she's not okay. too cocky in this is she yeah. no um and then matt smith matt the matt, matt himself the man himself yeah it's uh wonderful in this he is he's really really good in it he's some lovely scenes great with the dad mm-hmm. nice when he's on you know chatting to the kid and he makes all his toys go mad with his sonic oh he just leaps uh, up on the bed doesn't he and yeah it's just totally. such a nice little scene yes. um and he's he, you know he's good with the humor as always like when he says about the wood setting he said i really must sort that out you know this is getting embarrassing <laughs> yeah. sonic can't do wood um yeah he's great in it he's really really good in it but i mean it's interesting what you said about um your your partner saying about you know, not being a fan of Matt Smith and you're actually watching him. She just, you know, really liked him in it and stuff because I, I feel a lot of people, uh, switched off when Matt took over, you know, sort of people right. that were very much, you know, tenants, the doctor, not interested. 
I suppose what I'm trying to say is I think a lot of people perhaps didn't give Matt much of a chance. Right. So yeah. they might have watched one or two. Because I'm not saying this about your wife, by the way. I mean, I'm talking about people I know. I've got friends that were very much into Doctor Who when Tennant was the Doctor. Mostly females, I have to say, that I'm referring <laughs> to here. Most of my friends that are girls that, that watch Doctor Who, um, a lot of them just didn't take to Matt. But they didn't watch many. So I can think of, yeah, I'm thinking of two yeah. people. I'm not going to name them. I don't know if they listen, but uh, I'm thinking of two friends of mine, uh, both female, that just when Matt took over, they weren't interested. Um, they watched one or two, decided he wasn't a very good doctor. And I think a lot of people did that. And yeah. I think if they'd have actually sat down and got to know his doctor, he was absolutely superb as the, as the doctor. Um, and I, th- I think he, yeah, I, th- I think... A lot of those people that didn't give him a chance would have, if they had have carried on with him, would have really got to love him and perhaps so. went yeah. back and, and fell in love with him as the doctor, you know, if they, uh, the more they watched him. Cause he is brilliant it, to me. I think can never quite decide, but I still, I think he might be my favorite doctor since, since the show came back in 2005. Okay. I, I, for me, he just encompasses everything about the doctor. He's geeky. He's good when he's serious. He's, he's, likes making gadgets he's a bit of a buffoon at times but <clears throat> you always feel he's in control yeah i just i just really like matt i just think he's spot on he's fantastic yeah yeah and it's like there are many many little moments in this which are he just plays just so naturally brilliant um mm. there's you know when he's having a row with the dad in the kitchen and he's making a cup of tea and um excuse me the dad's just not having any of it and the and even at the last point in that scene where the dad tells him, you know, to bugger off, Matt's reply is, you know, a bit of a gatism, but he's like, do you have any jammy dodgers? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And things like that. I mean, it's one thing reading that in a script, but it's another to bring that line to life as the Doctor. And Matt just does it so good, just brilliantly. And there are loads of moments like that in it, just this episode alone the little interactions he has with George, some of the scenes with the dad are really good. The very heartwarming stuff at the end where he's really urging George to face his fears and, Mm. you know, and and all that stuff. And then just, it's cool because at the very beginning, he's very, uh, Oh, a message, you know, and we have to go into a house call from that moment on. He's just, he's into it, but he really falls, you know, for, um, sort of his, compassionate side really comes to the surface right at the beginning of this episode because you know no matter what's going on he's decided that he has to help whoever's contacted him you know in distress he has to help them and then he helps them he does all that stuff and then yeah just the way he walks off you know i might be back you know during puberty that's always an interesting time whatever and then that's it and he's off we do have a night. We do have a little bit of a downer at the end, where the doctor sees, you know, oh, turns the, the screen, the screen, and we see what is it the the <clears throat> date and time of when he's going to die? Apparently, yeah, we see that. It's a little bit of a downer, and it does sort of drain drain the blood out of his skin quite quickly when he sees mm-hmm. it. Uh, but other than that, he's just really sort of on form. You know, he's you can't. He's very full of energy, isn't he? That's what I always yes. like about Matt yeah. Smith's performance. He's always full of energy like yeah. even just as, like you said something on page he receives a message through the vortex where he doesn't just sort of turn around and say oh what's this he spins around and the arms are hello what have we got here you know yeah. what i mean he's really like he's always bringing scenes to life that's what i like about him yeah i can't fault him in this one 
No. Not at all. Uh, anything you want to mention, mate, before we get on to our scores? No, mate. No, I think this is. Um, I think this is one of the, one of the f- episode where the, I've made the fewest notes. I kept thinking last night, golly, I really can't think of much <laughs> to say about it. Thankfully, we have managed to find stuff about to say about it. But but no, I think we've covered it, mate. Yeah. Cool. It's your turn to go first. What All you, right. What you got? Um, okay. Um, I do enjoy it. I just find it unsatisfying right. at the end of the day. So I'm going to give it a six point five out of ten. Okay, okay. What are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give this a seven out of ten. A seven. Yes, because I, after I watched it last night, in my head I was like, that's a six. That's a six for me. And then the more that I've thought about it and the more that we've spoken through it, just Matt Smith alone just mm-hmm. bumps that up a bit more for me. I won't lie to you. I had written six out of ten. I've literally, just as you asked me, written a point five. I think because we have talked through it, and I, the reason I've added on the point five, and I don't know if you're the same, is because I do like the actual story itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think it's a good story, and like you said, Matt's great in it and stuff. So yeah, I had actually written six six out of ten, but I'm I'm going to give it another point five. Yeah, and it sounds like you've done the same. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it's got some great elements in there. Yeah, it's just. It's off like the the great episode. It's a good episode of Doctor Who. It misses out on the greatness because of yeah some things that don't quite click. But uh, yeah, overall, it's a it's a fairly decent watch. That one, it's pretty good. Yeah. What did our lovely listeners think? Uh, we got a couple of audio clips in. Uh, the first one is from Loopy Lou. Hey guys, well this is a much better Mark Gaddis episode than the likes of Sleep No More. I think it would be great if the Doctor did pop back when the kid reaches puberty. That could be really good fun. Overall, I think it worked well, but it would be improved with a better child actor playing George, in my opinion. <laughs> I give it 6 Aww. out of 10. Oh, Gary and Adam, hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So, night terrors. Personally, I thought the story was really creepy back in 2011. It's some, It has some really striking demises for nine-year-old me that I really saw and went... Oh God! Whoa, that was that was scary. Uh, such as that old lady. Uh, she got eaten by bin ba- like bin bags, as far as I remember. I I, I could be wrong because I haven't watched this one ages, but I'm pretty certain she got eaten by bin bags. And then the way the peg dolls like <laughs> twisted you into them. I thought that was terrifying. When that uh, mm-hmm. fat landlord chap, when he was turned into a peg doll, right? Who wasn't the landlord? But you know the fat guy. I was terrified of that. And then Amy got turned into one. I was going like, oh oh God. So. These were great concepts by um, Mark Gatiss, and I thought overall the peg dolls were really striking monsters. But I did think, that, oh sorry, no, not but I did think they were used very well in the uh, dollhouse. But um, I did like that aspect. But I thought the child—I can't remember his name—but uh, he turns out to be an alien. But I thought it was a bit random and came out of nowhere. I I just don't understand how. I sorry, I understand that Alex, the dad, um, didn't realize he was an alien because. It turns out he never even had that child. Uh, it just turned out and it was, his memory was altered or something. But I don't understand how like, nobody around him realised that his wife was never pregnant. I find that a bit confusing. Um, and the kid's acting was great. And overall the plot for the story was weak enough because I can't really remember much about it. Um, but I do think Matt Smith did save the story having some great moments. So I'm kind of on the fence with this one. I don't hate it, don't love it. So I'm going to split down the middle and give it a 5 out of 10. So yeah, thanks for listening. See you all next week. Hey there, Gary and Adam. I hope you two are well, and I hope you both had a great Christmas and a great New Year. It has been ages since I've done any sort of 
audio for the podcast um, because I've basically had a crap couple of months. Um, but I have spent a lot of my spare time marathoning and catching up on all the podcasts from episodes 118 up until now. Um, yeah, quick recap on the last couple of months. The Return of Doctor Mysterio was crap. Class was average. Night Terrors was, well, average. It's an episode I've not watched for a very, very long time, so my memory's not exactly um, fresh with this episode. But one thing that always does stand out to me is that the child acting was awful. I absolutely hated the kid who was this story was centred around. I thought the acting that he was giving was terrible and that kind of knocked the believability of the story and I couldn't really focus on it because his acting was so bad. Um, I do remember the pot dolls being quite scary um, and I think there was a scene where Amy was kind of transformed into one which I thought was really creepy. Um, But other than that, I don't remember anything from his story and it's not memorable whatsoever which I think says a lot. Maybe I might have to go back and rewatch it but um, yeah, looking back, I don't remember much from it. It doesn't really come to me as an episode that I liked very much. So I'm probably going to give it a middle-of-the-road 5 out of 10. Um, I hope you guys have been fantastic, um, and I will see you both soon. I will see you both soon. I'll see you soon, Adam. And Gary, I'll see you soon too. I will. I will, Gary. You'll see me as well. We'll see each other soon. Take care, guys. See you next week. Um, Over on Facebook, uh, Adam Pink says, um, uh, he says you've picked... uh, uh, some cracking stories so far this year. I love... Uh, oh, no, that was last week's one. When he told us about the curse of Peladon. Ah, yes. Uh, but he says, um, uh, Peter, uh, what about your series with Chibnall? Where my favourite Doctor can finally reach his full potential. I don't. I think, I think this is on the mind of everybody. Yes, it moment. is, yeah. Uh, he goes yeah. on to say, right, okay, Night Terrors. I don't like it very much, but has some uh, some funny lines. A five out of ten. Five out of ten. And then he says, but Peter, <laughs> uh, two Doctors gone in a space of a week. Mind you, we still have Series 10, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. Who is not Danny. No, he's not Danny. Got it no right relation. Yep. Uh, Kevin Mullen says, Night Terrors, perhaps Mark Gatiss's best story since The Unquiet Dead. Mm. Uh, plenty of really creepy moments such as Amy being turned into a ragdoll the resolution is a bit poor relying on love as a solution something that Mm. happens time and time again in modern who Uh, overall not by any stretch of the imagination a classic but enjoyable enough 6.5 and he says rest in Mm. peace John Hurt utterly devastated absolutely Uh, Lewis Palmer says I love this one it's so underrated I'd happily watch this over many recent stories Uh, the peg dolls are creepy the kid is actually decent for a change and it's just a nice little adventure Uh, it's a cool concept and the whole episode highlights how good Matt is with kids Uh, I'd give this one an 8 out of 10 I really like it and I'd like to say uh, rest in peace John Hurt Yes. Uh, Joseph Howarth says, well, it was better than Let's Kill Hitler. But then again, <laughs> there are thousands of stories that are better than Let's Kill Hitler. <laughs> uh, he says, it's all right. It's not brilliant, not terrible. Just there, really. Uh, the problem with the story is it's not really scary. Uh, the peg dolls feel more like car- uh, carbon copies of the gas mark zombies than they do much anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story feels a bit like The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances, but worded differently. Uh, Matt Smith is brilliant in this. There are quite a good few moments, um, like the eyes speech and when the doctor starts uh, throwing the accessories uh, in the doll's house at Alex, uh, that they are sent by George. Part of me is thinking, okay, this episode 
this is episode that happened. Part of me was just waiting for something to happen. Um, and that's just how it felt to me. It was too slow, too boring, and just wasn't scary enough. Uh, I had quite a few, um, uh, it's funny, uh, quite a few times, but only because of the 11th Doctor mm-hmm. doing so well. Uh, again, uh, it isn't terrible. It's rather forgettable and feels flat. Um, it says, by the way, rest in peace, John Hurt. You are a great Doctor and you'll be truly missed. Um, for this story, he gives it a 6 out of 10. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Sammy Satine, a little boy who isn't what he seems, puts everything that scares him into a cupboard. Uh, now, I like Mark Gatiss. He seems like a lovely guy and has written some great episodes. And he's great, and his acting is great too. Uh, Mycroft being one of my favourite characters in Sherlock. However, how on earth he managed to write this drivel is truly beyond me. Um, <laughs> the peg dolls look good, but that's it. Matt Smith's acting is good, even though he can't save this one. All I can say is I hope his episode he wrote for episode 10 is better than this. Two out of 10. <gasps> Sammy, not a fan. Yeah, she says, also, rest in peace, Sir John Hurt. Thank you for being the elephant man, Mr. Ollivander, who gave uh, Harry and the rest of us wands, uh, and for being the Doctor during the toughest period of the Doctor's many lives. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, Joe Sweeney says, Night Terrors is an okay story, but one forgettable. Uh, dolls are okay, but didn't find them frightening. Uh, they do look a bit creepy, uh, but they are also forgettable. Uh, Amy and Rory don't do much until Amy is transformed. The story has got some funny elements. The one thing that got me entertained was Matt Smith, who gave a good performance. Uh, resolution's a bit weak, but overall it is watchable. Five out of ten. Uh, he also ten. says, uh, rest in peace, uh, John Hurt. You're a fine actor and will always be remembered in the Doctor Who universe as the War Doctor. Yes. Uh, Dean Jones says, a decent <clears throat> but flawed story. Uh, Matt Smith, excellent as usual and works really well uh, with Daniel Mays and the child actor in this story. The direction is solid, and Mark Gatiss nails the horror elements, particularly in the dolls, uh, which are a great but creepy piece of production design. Um, As for flaws, much like Rose and Mickey, the girl in the fireplace, Amy and Rory don't add much, uh, but I appreciated their humorous moments. The big problem is George's reveal as an alien, which takes away from the drama, horror, and to a younger audience, the relatability. And the episode would have been much stronger without it. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Uh, also, wish the story arc wasn't presented here, considering we yeah. had two very strong arc-heavy episodes with a good man goes to war and let's go Hitler beforehand. Mark Gatiss can be hit and miss sometimes. As flawed as it is, it's one of his stronger efforts. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I agree about the story arc stuff. That's yep. um, <clears throat> that's Moffat sticking his fingers in again at the of end. Of course, yeah, that's the yeah. one. Uh, Justin Lee says, first off, rest in peace, War Doctor. You will be remembered and missed. Uh, he says, this week's episode, Night Terrors, I thought wasn't bad. Uh, I am rather fond of Matt Smith as a Doctor. I just thought the story was good, but bland. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dolls were creepy, but only at first. Uh, it's like being scared by a moth, and then you realise it's a moth and you just toss it back outside. Uh, it's a really good analogy. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I rate it a 6 out of 10, just above middle. Yeah. The last few here. Miles McKenzie. Hi, guys. Hope you're doing well. Night Terrors looked amazing in the trailers, and the peg dolls mm. looked like a creepy invention, but the episode wasn't as good as I hoped. Uh, I liked the general idea, but I feel the ending was rushed. Uh, this story should have been a two-parter, really. Uh, Matt was very good as always, and Karen and Arthur are very good. Uh, it seems pointless to the plot, though. Uh, overall, five out of ten, and rest in peace, John Hurt. Yes, I wondered if it should have been too part. There, it is quite a lot of build up to a very rushed conclusion, isn't it? But mm. I don't know if there's enough story for a two part. But yeah, 
George Coppen, shields up, here I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this episode. I remember seeing it in the Series 6 trade and look forward to it. Uh, the dolls are as creepy as anything. Are uh, 7.5. Yes. It's, uh, the trailer, you see, maybe that's why on first watch I was disappointed because mm. the trailer did. I remember thinking this, this is going to be amazing. This Mark Gattis, this yeah. is going to be really creepy. And yeah, yeah, the trailer was amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he says, rest in peace, John Hurt. Uh, Danny Brown, people hate you, but I don't mind it. Not much else to say, 6.5. Okay. <laughs> and lastly, Gavrick Sawyer says, the dolls are kind of creepy, but nothing else about this episode is particularly good, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's the official Facebook page done. Anything on the Geek Sandbag? Yes, I had a couple on the Geek Sandbag. So Martin Asquith says, I remember being unimpressed at the original airing of this episode. However, when I recently gave it another go, I really enjoyed it. Creepy, dark, and some genuinely haunting moments. The dolls are quite unnerving, and Matt is on top form. Yes, I agree, Martin. Charlie Turner, he says, Before I say my thoughts on Night Terrors, I'd like to share my mate Adam Time Lord Fishwick's thoughts on it. He thinks it drags in general. He doesn't care about George. He likes the dolls as they are creepy, especially when Amy got turned into one. He gives it a 6 out of 10. As for myself, it's very good for what it is. One of my cu- one of my couple of favourites from least favourite series so far, Series 6. So he gives it an 8.5 out of 10 as it's good, but cool. not perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm, quite a high score there, Charlie. Uh, Hendrix Chaplin. Hi, Hendrix. He says, thinks this is one of those stories that's been forgotten and overlooked. It does get totally forgotten. I have mm-hmm. to say, even I just forget about it. But yep. but it's better than that. Yeah. Um, Patrick Sherwood says uh, it's not the best story, uh, but he doesn't mind it. So he's going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Jack Wilderspin says, really cool concept for a story, but I don't feel the execution was quite right. Matt is great, but seems a little wasted uh, potential. So he's giving it a 7 out of 10. Uh, yes, thanks, Jack. I agree with that. Callum Johnston says, best part was when Amy turned into the dull, incredibly creepy transformation. Matt was great as always, but the supporting actors were just awful. 7 out of 10 from Callum. Uh, <laughs> Lee Collins says, this was... A great Matt Smith episode that was creepy as hell and it has Matt Smith at his Doctor Who best. Pity they don't make him like this anymore, says Lee. And then he just finished it off by saying, God, I miss Matt Smith as the Doctor. So thanks, guys, for all those comments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we all miss Matt most of the time. He is good. I'd love yeah. to see it. I mean, not that I want him to come back as the Doctor, you know, like the rumours suggest, but... He was phenomenal then, and he was quite a young guy. I think he'd be incredible now. Now he's got a little bit more weathered, a <laughs> little bit more years of you know experience in his life. He'd be he'd be just an absolutely phenomenal doctor yeah. now if yeah. he came back. But he was then. I mean, he's a young guy, and he's so good. Mm. Um, he's so good. I'm just looking at this picture of the dolls. We don't ever find out who's a peg. Who was the peg doll? We never see him come back to life, do we? Oh, we We're don't. Never... No. We'll never know who that was. Never know. <laughs> Probably Mark Mar- Gatiss. <laughs> Probably Mark Gatiss. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was Night Terrors. Thank you so much for sending in your uh, audio clips and putting your reviews for us. That was really good. Uh, last week, we we totally forgot about what we're going to do next week, and we rushed it at the end. And yes, we, we did, didn't we? Yeah. out of time. So next week, it's classic week. And what is it next week, buddy? Next week, fifth Doctor story. It's time flight. <laughs> That's the that was my impression of the master doing his time crazy flight. whatever he does in the episode. Yeah, Doctor, time flight. Time flight. Now, 
I'll be honest with you. I have seen this one a couple of times. Have you? Yes, I have seen it a couple of times. And I know for a fact before we even get, before we even kick off on next week's show, this is not one that's regarded as a classic, a classic or any good at all. So between now and next week, I urge all of you to give it, give it another watch, especially if you haven't seen it in a long time. Mm. because opinions do change over while I'm like we've done a few times on the show where yeah, it's yeah. like oh we haven't seen that one in ages I know it's crap and then we give it a rewatch for the show and it's like actually there's some pretty so I'm not saying that's going to happen with time flight I'm just saying it I know might. it's yeah it's got a reputation as being not one of the best <laughs> especially mm. in Davidson's era so it might be worth a rewatch yeah so that we're all clued up for next week so next week time flights look out for the facebook post and all that jazz and i think that's going to do for 127 okay thank you thank you thank you thank you for sticking with us bit of a long show this one we did have some big news to talk through. Mm. So just to recap then, we say goodbye to John Hurt. Sir John Hurt. Mr. Ollivander, the Elephant Man. Whatever your memories are. Mm. Uh, but notably for us as Who fans, the War Doctor. Goodbye, old Bean. Mm. <laughs> uh, what a wonderful career, though. Fantastic Definitely. stuff. Yeah. Definitely. And do check out his big finish stuff. It really is good. Yes. It really is good stuff. It is good. Uh, we also not right now but we'll be saying goodbye to Mr Capaldi as the Doctor not Mr Capaldi himself because that would be incredibly sad (laughs) but we say goodbye to Capaldi's Doctor but we've got a year left though we've got uh, Series 10 that kicks off uh, mid-April that will run through to July and then we've got him which I assume which we're all assuming will be his regeneration story at Christmas yeah before him and the moth get like a like a pair of petulant drunk teenagers at a nightclub being hoyed out onto the street by the by the doorman <laughs> as they're screaming and shouting, "You can't touch me! You can't do anything to me! You know who I am!" Yeah, you're not, you're not the boss of me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's all, uh, and we look forward to discussing all of the wonderful casting stuff over the next few months as we lead yeah. up to uh, when the Beeb actually announce it. Is exciting. Yes. So head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.com. From there, you can listen to all the previous episodes and link off to all the social stuff. And you can also link off to iTunes, where you can subscribe to the show so you never miss it. And if you are an iTunes subscriber, if you could give us a review, that would be fantastic, because that really helps. Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Just do a search for The Geek's Handbag on YouTube and Facebook. Lots of brilliant stuff on there. Indeed, look out for the Facebook post and Twitter for Time Flight, which is our review story next week. Love your thoughts on that one. Mm. Yes. Forward to hearing what people think of that. Absolutely, yes. Email us an audio clip. Do it. Right, until next week, my name's Gary. And my name's Adam. And remember... Uh... Uh...